only thing about gated communities is that people are always trying to fuck with the damn gate. They try to break it, take it off. They're, they're always broke half the time. Yeah. Like, what's the point? How do you, but how do they mess with the gate, though? Isn't that all electronic? Like, it's all. Well, people will ram into it. They'll ram into it. They'll let it hit their, like, big. They break um, the little yep. arm thing. Yep. I know in my old apartment, I swear every time they would fix it, at least about like three days to a week later, that arm thing was broke again. And I'm like, yeah, wait, wait, okay. why? While we're waiting, what is it that Michael B. Jordan is filming here? Is it Creed 2? He's filming something here? Oh, is are they filming Wrong Answer already? Well, because I remember, because I saw that, you know, he was like knocking on doors to get people to vote. And I was like, why he didn't come to my house? And then the other day, <laughs> a day after that, I saw that like. He's so rude. I know, right? Him and Oprah, how dare y'all not come to my house? But I saw that he was like here filming something. It's like him and Samuel L. Jackson is here filming something. Um, and I forgot the other people, but I was like, oh, that's why he was here knocking on doors. Because he's here filming. It's not Avengers 4, is it? They're, they're done with that. I want to say maybe mm-hmm. Killmonger came back because he said Samuel Jackson. Um, <laughs> let's see. No, no, Samuel. I forgot what they said Samuel L. Jackson was. It's, it was something else. I know they already filmed Shaft. They filmed that already earlier. In this. See, cause I think Atlanta Magazine had the link about what was all filming here. If I can find it again. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna try to see if I can find something too. Uh, okay, here it is. Let's see. Um, <clears throat> oh, because you and McGregor, Brie Larson, Dolly Parton are all in town. Okay. Oh, Samuel L. Jackson, Nicholas Holt, and Anthony Mackie are filming The Banker. Don't know what that is. Then, um, let's see. Oh, The Watchmen is filming here. A pilot for HBO. Yep. Ooh. Okay. Um, Doctor Sleep, Stephen King's follow-up to The Shining is filming here. With that's what you and McGregor. Okay, he's is he playing um the Danny um guy? I've got his last name. It doesn't say. It just says he's in it. He, it says starring you and McGregor. So I guess yeah. he's whoever. Have you ever seen The Shining, Latria? That's what uh, Jack Nicholson. Yeah. No, I don't think I can do that. Yeah. I I saw clips and I was like, mm, I don't know about it. You might be able to stomach that one. It freaked I've seen Witches of Eastwick. He's in it. No, that's. Yeah, he is. He is in it. Yeah, Jack Nicholson's yeah, in it. Yeah, I love that. But I don't know about The Shining. That's, mm-mm. Because that part where he was like chopping the door yeah. and like looking in all crazy. Here's Johnny. Apparently, How High 2. Oh, yeah. Here. So, Meth Man and Red Man said, said they, got, yes. said they got cut out of How High 2. They're making it with, I think, Little Yachty or two. somebody. Yeah. <sighs> um, I'm trying to find something with Michael B. Jordan. Let's see. Stranger Things, of course. Oh, American Soul is filming here. Brandy, you need to go down there. That's the Don Cornelius um, show. About right? the creation of Soul Train. Yeah. There he is. Oh, Sex Templates is filming here. I want to see that. Oh, Doom Patrol, Brandon is filming here. Yeah, that's good. That's what they're gonna tie in when they talk about the, the episode of Titans. Huh. I still don't see nothing about Michael B. Jordan. There were a pair of white people who came to my door. I think they today something about uh I bet you they're going to tell me about who I'm who I'm voting for or who I've already voted for. 
but I saw them on my on my uh, um, my doorbell as a camera on it, and I was like, yeah. I don't know what these white folks are here for. Yeah, uh, it was a white man and a black man that came to my house. Like, what what day was it that Oprah was here? It was, it was on Thursday. Thursday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was Thursday. And I was like mad because I was like, dang it, you are not Oprah. Mm-hmm. I wanted it to be Oprah coming to my door, but it was still. I still can't find it. It didn't say anything here about Michael B. Jordan. Well, maybe I missed it. Oh, it's called Just Mercy. It's Michael B. Jordan, Brie Larson, and Jamie Foxx. What is this? Oh, okay. It's called Just Mercy with Michael B. Jordan, Brie Larson, and Jamie Foxx. It doesn't say what the movie's about. Ken's about to sit down. He's good. He's good. Put you right <laughs> The little, you know, like the little fake name they put on the um thing so people won't know what movie it is. Yeah, what movie? Oh, so it's probably not the movie. Kiki. <laughs> wow you know they only did that because it got black people in there that's so oh so yeah. no cool the one for joker is called romeo for some reason romeo oh, but i know the one avengers for- 4 is Fig- figaro i know the one for shazam is franklin because of benjamin franklin like lightning Mm. Oh, that makes sense. We're filming Romeo on your street between October 10th and November 1st. Please you, do not park your cars on this on the road. Man, something was filmed here where I live. I just saw it and I was like, how can I get be down as extra? Uh, there's but a, the thing I, I don't like about that. Next time I see that golden black sign, I'm I'm following <laughs> Why is it that every time I bring up my favorite movie or song, y'all call my shit corny? You act like I don't have no taste and no flavor. I'm a Luddite or some bullshit like that. What kind of particular shit is that? It's the shit I like. That's what I like. That's my type of shit. You know? Why don't you know y'all just say something nice? Showtime. Welcome to the Say Something Nice podcast. Film, TV, and music news and discussions, plus reviews in addition to our Say Something Nice challenge in which we challenge each other to say something nice about the best and worst in pop culture. Be sure to check us out at SSNpodcast.com and on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Acast, Google Play, and tune in. Be sure to like and share the show on social media, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, where we are under the handle SSNpodcast. And be sure to comment and rate us five stars on iTunes and Stitcher. All right, so here we go in five, four, three, two. Hello, Latria, is that did you? Somebody new? Did somebody new just join in? <laughs> <laughs> that, that was, was like right on cue. Yeah, Latria. How did you know that, that it, we it was Jesus? To the show? Jesus told her we literally about oh, to start the show. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you oh. literally said hello after the ding. <laughs> Did we did we summon her? Is that what happened? No, no. Well, you know, I watched the whole season of Sabrina, so I <laughs> I have ESP. <laughs> All right. Uh we go ahead and we'll go ahead and get started there. So hello everybody. Welcome to the Say Something Nice Podcast. <laughs> 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 
We're so glad to have you all here today. I'm here with Latria. Hello. Ali. Hello. And special guest, Carolyn, from hey, the CDEP show. Um, so this episode, you guys are going to hear it in order, but we're going to co- record a little bit out of order because with Carolyn here, she sort of kind of has a heart out. So I want to make sure we got to talk about Rebel Wilson while she was here. So you're going to hear us talk about a bunch of stuff before that. And Ken should be here at some point. So we're going to be jumping back and forth, but we'll have it in the regular order that y'all are used to so that, you know, we can stay consistent. There. So this is like, so this is like a tonight show. Yes. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So because we're doing everything backwards today, do we actually record this part last? Let's talk about the stuff we've seen this week. Um, so I was hoping Kim would get here by now. Well, I guess if he gets here after this, we can talk about Titans later. But so I'll start with Titans. So episode four of Titans aired on DC Universe this week, and it's called Doom Patrol. Basically, it introduces the Doom Patrol characters to the universe. So uh for Do- I Doom Patrol is sort of kind of a deep cut of DC Comics characters. They are the easiest way to describe them is sort of kind of like DC's version of the X-Men, though that's a very imperfect way to describe it. But the thing is that the Doom Patrol and the X-Men were both debuted at almost the same time in 1963. Just one became far more popular. It's about these um, people who get into these terrible accidents, but this doctor decides to save each of their lives in certain ways and they all fight crime together and try to get along as a sort of surrogate family even though it's hard for them and so it's basically like really sort of kind of like you know like angsty and sort of you know showing the horror of what it could be like if you get powers that you you know from because you had a terrible accident that basically ruined your life well, I'll, I'll talk about Doom Patrol when he gets here because he'll be able to better explain it than I anyway. He's read more of the comics. Okay. I'll skip that for now. So, but it was really good. That's what I was going to say. Like the best episode of Titans um, so far, and one of the best DC TV episodes they've done this year, which I know people were shocked. So, with. Brandon, in your opinion, in your opinion, it's well worth the service for now. Hold on one second. I believe so. So, Ken is here, y'all, and he's going to tell us a little bit, help me out with this Doom Patrol review. So, I was telling them that the episode of Titans about the Doom Patrol was awesome and everything. It was. Really you cool. know what I what I was surprised I could tell, and I don't know why, maybe you can help me with this. What's up? I could tell that Jeff Johns wrote that episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he did. He's credited at the end. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I saw that, but I could just tell from watching it. I don't know what it was about it specifically that let me know Jeff Johns wrote it, but I knew he wrote that episode. I don't, I don't, somewhere between the Abbott Costello reference and just the fact that it was big, bright, and goofy sort of kind of definitely made it like John Cian, I guess you could say. You know what? I <laughs> guess because the stuff that the episodes that Akiva Goldsmith wrote were less, they were more serious and dire, I guess, in, yeah. a, is, in a sense. So you're right about that. I guess it had a more comic booky feel. Slightly. Yeah. And I guess you kind of have to have that if you're going to introduce characters like the Doom Patrol, which are kind of like the, um, I don't know, they're like the misfit X-Men. Yeah, I was, that's what I was trying to explain. Like, like so basically in the episode, Beast Boy, Raven is on the run because, like, you know, her powers have caused her to destroy a convent. You know, her evil devil powers have caused her to destroy a convent. So she's on the run, and she meets Beast Boy in the woods, and he takes her to his, um, he he lives at the, uh, what's the what's the doctor's name? Uh, Dr. Niles. Uh, 
Calder? Yeah, the Calder Mansion where he lives. And so he lives on Danny Street. On Danny Street, which is a big comic book reference I I learned about this weekend. Like, oh, you didn't know that was. I was like, I was like, (laughs) I'm like, I'm like, and the thing is, I got it. So as soon as I heard it, I'm like. Like, I guess for you, it was probably when they said it was on Danny Street, you didn't think it was corny. As soon as he said, oh, and it was on Danny Street, I'm like, this ham-fisted shit. (laughs) But, I mean, by the way, if you, for those folks out there, Doom Patrol is a a very out there comic book. When when I describe them as being the misfit X-Men, they are way out there misfit characters. Uh, As in, like, for example, they just, they just say Danny Street, Danny Street. But in the comics, Danny is Danny the street isn't actually a living entity. It is, and he is a transvestite street. So you will have hardware stores with frilly pink lace in the windows. That's how out there Doom Patrol is. I doubt they're going to go that far in the series. But just for a little reference. Right. Did you know that much, Brandon? I, I, I do. He was a street. That's it. <laughs> yes. He's, he's also the whole stroll. Oh, oh, wow. I'm joking. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so in the uh, Calder Mansion, Beast Boy lives there with uh, three other people who survived terrible accidents that Dr. Calder saved him from. One is Robot Man, who is played by, Jeb, I think his name is Jake Michaels in physical form, but his voice is done by Brendan Fraser. You guys remember Brendan Fraser, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, he, he's Brendan F- Fraser's voice. Yeah. I don't, I don't think I've ever heard Brendan Fraser swear before, but I've crossed that off of my, my bucket list because uh, he said shit like 500 times. <laughs> uh, basically, Ro- Robot Man is a former race, a former NASCAR driver who got to a terrible accident, and the only thing they could save was his brain. So they took his brain and put it into a robot body. Okay. And besides that, you have Negative Man, who was uh, exposed in an accident to, I guess, like, what, antimatter or something like that? Mm-hmm. And so he appears basically wrapped up in all bandages. Uh, but his name is Larry. He loves to cook. And you see him cooking up, like, about enough food to feed the 5,000 in the episode, just because he loves to cook so much. He's and, a man after my own heart. Yeah. And he's cooking to like some like rock song and they cut it like a music video as he's putting shit into the into the deep fryer and turning on the um the broiler and shit. <laughs> it was actually a lot of fun. And then you have Elastigirl. Not um not Elastigirl from The Incredibles. This Elastigirl predates her by about 40 years. She was an actress named Rita Farr in the 1940s and 50s. She was filming a movie over in Africa. And then got exposed to some sort of radiation that basically caused her like body to decompose. But she she's trying to learn how to control it and, and get her old form back. But she hasn't quite figured it out yet. You see her in the episode trying like like as like intermittently as this beautiful actress woman and then as a scary blob. Because she's trying to like figure out how to hold her shape, basically. In the comics, she basically learns how to do that, and she can grow to like large sizes and small sizes, and make her arms and things large, so she can punch villains and things like that. But the episode basically exists as a okay. back as a backdoor pilot to the Doom Patrol show, which will debut next year on the DC Universe streaming service, and it does that job very well. Like you get introduced to these characters; they're a lot of fun. They're interesting and like weird and dr calder is a complete fucking mess he's like doc he's like professor x with far less scruples about experimenting on people Uh, mm, professor x is just uh, better at hiding it yeah he's better behaved (laughs) (laughs) but yeah like so i i mean 
DC Universe does have a seven day trial, you guys. So I would, you know, check it out and see if you like it or not. That at least that episode in particular. I yeah, I mean, I know, but let's be honest. We know most people are going to wait until Titans is either Titans is done to watch just um watch wa- it all what binge watch it all at once and then okay or they're going to wait until Young Justice comes out, which I'm glad they pushed up Young Justice. Yeah, it comes out in January. No, December. Oh, they pushed it up that far. Yeah, they pushed it up. Like, I think it comes out December twenty eighth. You want to check real quick, maybe? Oh, Ali, did you know this? Oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> Let me look. Pushed up, Young Justice pushed back. That's great. If that's true, then that's great. Since I'm looking this up, is Dale Eagleson known for being slow? Huh? Is Dale Eagleson known for being slow? Uh, not that I know of. Cause I I, I want to know where my fucking Shazam comic book is. Why it's pushed back to December? They probably had changes and stuff. I mean, it's it's a Jeff John's probably busy. Wait, all he had to do was write. <laughs> the script wasn't the script done like years ago. By my understanding, that don't mean shit. <laughs> that actually works if the script was done years ago. That means they have to probably update it for changes and stuff that have mm. happened. I guess I, 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 I possibly yeah, but like I mean, I just don't, I don't want the trap that some of these DC comics fall into, where the shit's supposed to come out one month and it gets pushed back weeks and weeks and weeks because um, people are drawing it one line a day. Or whatever's going on, or they're drawing it six times because the editor don't like it. Like, because I remember when Dale Eagleson was drawing the Justice Society of America comic, that book always came out on time when he was doing it. There was no issues, but he also had an inker working with him. Mm-hmm. Let me see. So, Young Justice comes out. I don't see. Uh, it still says January 2019 on this thing. I don't see any changes at all, but it could be the 28th because, I mean, that is. um. That's like right before January. It all depends. Like, we'll, I think we'll find out more as it gets closer. Cause like I'm Googling it and don't see like anything different, but, but I mean, it'll be out. So definitely that pretty sure subscriptions will jump at that point until they cancel the whole service. Like they've canceled Filmstruck and Super Deluxe. You think they will? And eventually they will. Um, and it'll just roll into the. Yeah, they're rolling all this shit into the Warner Brothers service. Which makes sense. Because Boomerang's probably going to be next. And that's actually next on my list. I watched a bunch of Boomerang on Saturday. I went to the gym and tried, like, and tried to run through the workout really fast, which I did. But when I came home, I was dead to the fucking world. Mm. So I just sat on the couch. So I do whatever I'm sick or I'm like broken. I just sit on the couch and watch Boomerang. <laughs> so I watched a little bit of Johnny Quest on Boomerang. They have like the 64 version and the 1986 version up. I watched a little bit of both. Uh, that 86 version is pure struggle. I watched Smurfs for the first time in decades. They had all the Smurfs up there, like so much, so many fuck. Not oh, all I of love them. Smurfs. Yeah, I think they have like a hundred episodes, but that only takes them up to like season four. I think with Smurfs because like they had 83 and 84 copyright dates at the by the end of it, but like. Like I watched the Smurfette episode first, the episode where Smurfette gets created by Gargamel and she tries to um, kill the other Smurfs until Gar- until Papa Smurf turns her good. Which of course, because whiteness, when she turns good, her black hair turns to blonde. Mm. Smurfette, what's happened to you? You've changed. Oh, Gargamel, you're so mean. Papa Smurf told me what being nice is like. You know. That kind of stuff. Uh, they have Garfield and Friends up there on Boomerang in HD. 
Except it's an HD the episode part is the intro they reanimated. I don't know why they reanimated. Maybe they lost the film for it, but it's reanimated by brand new to the intro. But it's I mean it's a perfect duplication of what they used to do. Like time the same and everything. But they still have like the regular episodes. I also saw fucking Paddington Bear up there. I'm like, I haven't seen this show since I was a little boy. That was a show? Yeah. And I, I it's a Hanna Barbera cartoon too. But yeah, it's like oh. nineteen eighty-nine. Wait, Paddington. Oh, okay. The Paddington Bear I used to see was the stop motion. Yeah, this one yeah, this was a cartoon. This is um hand drawn animation. Oh, okay. I didn't know that he had a hand drawn. Is um Brandon, is Heathcliff a, a boomerang property? No, Heathcliff, well, there is a Heathcliff cartoon in the Ruby Spears library that they have probably have access to. It's just not up there yet. But the show you're probably thinking about is Heathcliff and the Cadillac Cats. That's a show from Deke. They wouldn't have the rights to that. Disney should have the rights to that. Like okay. Heathcliff, Heathcliff, no one should terrify their neighborhood. That one. Yeah, I yeah, always thought that was a Garfield one. knockoff. <laughs> I don't know which one came first. I think Heathcliff. Well, no, I, they might be. They might be one of the ones that came out at the same time. But yeah, mm-hmm. I ain't sure. I mean, I liked both. I just like Garfield better. Right. I also try to catch up with Black Light. I'm still one episode behind. I watched that. that you brought that white man into the school as the new principal of um, Garfield High. Yep. And I also saw. Um, I'm about tired of um, Thunder in this, in this light. So she's going around dressed in like a a black mask to try to get money for the church to help out the babies of like the victims of the drug, like the green light drug in the show but girl we know it's you you don't need this mask because you use all your fucking powers every time you go out and, and beat these black guys and take their money it's you sitting here going <gasps> and getting that big ass breath and <laughs> doing super like super strength punches and shit and thunderclaps we know it's you <laughs> I do appreciate yeah, I was, that <laughs> I don't think she well I think the idea is that she didn't think it through and then she's gonna pay for it soon oh yeah that's what she do I do appreciate though in the sound mix they've turned down that damn gasp of air she do season one it was like <gasps> that was <we're> like <gasps> <laughs> and I finally saw Erica Alexander she plays a um a, like basically like a superhero psycho- um, psychiatrist hmm. Like who's trying yeah, to help I, out I the love, younger daughter? I love the depiction of how her powers work. It's very interesting. Oh yeah, like she basically can like touch your hand and like create sort of kind of like a like a virtual world for you, what you that, so you can sort of kind of talk through your feelings and stuff. And put oh, your so feelings. she has powers too. Yeah, I thought you meant she was just like a psychologist to superheroes. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She, cool. Yeah. Yeah. The white hot room. Right. I also watched a little bit of um, white hot beauty shop. Yeah, I also watched a little bit of um, the 1980s Shazam cartoon show, which is not good, but I'm watching it anyway because it's me. Uh, <laughs> what else did I watch? Is that everything? I think that's everything. Um, well, I know I wanted to talk about uh, Castlevania on Netflix. Okay. Um, I've I've finished. I binged watch season two last night. It's only eight episodes. Season one was six episodes, which pissed me off because it was kind of like as soon as the story got started, it um kind of ended. Done. But I mean, they didn't even no. They only. It's really just a part one. Mm. It's it like season one is really just like part one. It's like oh, we get the band together. Part two is where stuff really um happens. Um, even though it's a lot of uh, plot, and it's um. The second season, 
Um, it's written by Warren Ellis. And if you've ever re- uh, read anything by Warren Ellis, he's a comic book writer. Mm-hmm. Um, he's done a few other things um, for, for TV. I can't name any of them. Um, but, you know, well, I know he wrote, I think, the X-Men anime uh, before. But anyway, with, Ca- with Castlevania, basically his style is he's going to give you one really good fight scene per episode that you're going to look at and be like, damn. And then he's going to give you a bunch of exposition. So he's, he tries to balance everything out. But he kind of, it was kind of a little heavy on the exposition this time in the episodes. Um, but you still had some really good fight scenes. Um, like, I mean, the choreography of these fight scenes is amazing. Um, and a side note, Black Lightning is also up their choreography on their fight scenes. I got to give oh, yeah. them credit because I was mad last season where it looked like y'all just act natural. Um, with their fight scenes, yeah. like that stuff pissed me off. But this season, yeah, like, I know, it's especially the Anissa fight scenes, they are so they're so more kinetic, and it feels like as if it's actually her doing the thing. Jin fighting, um, like, and they have know, it, it seems like they had their own style, like Jin fighting at the opening of this last episode. Yeah. Ooh, I mean, like, yeah, even I though you that. could tell why that. they did, like, a lot of close-up shots, like, to show, like, to make it look mm-hmm. better than probably what it was, it still looked really, really hot, and the special effects are better. But anyway, Castlevania, like, the first few episodes, even though they give you some good stuff, um, but those last, like, those two two episodes are p- almost pure action for 30 minutes, and it is everything. Like... Like balls to the wall, very creative action and choreography. People using their powers. One of the characters, Alucard, he's like half vampire. He just got his sword floating beside him, like um, horizontally. Um, like so, he's beating people up, and they try to come up behind him. And next thing you know, this sword just comes out of nowhere and slices him up. Um, I'm really not doing it justice, but Castlevania is a good story, like a really good story. And especially in the second season where you see you get the introduction of this other character named Carmilla, which I didn't know that Carmilla is actually named for an actual uh, uh, novel or novella um, about a vampire, a, fe- a woman vampire who actually that actually predates Dracula um, by about 25 years. And actually her story actually informs a lot of what happens in Dracula. Uh, Bram Stoker's novel. Oh, oh, I see. So I'm. I think somebody should actually take her story and update it or redo it or whatever. Because I'm like, this is the real queen of the vampires, queen of the damned. Um, anyway, I'm not going to go too much into it, but I think it's a very well done story. It's a great balance of action and drama and story. Um, the animation does suffer sometimes. You can tell they use like cheap you know, anime, but it, overall, it still doesn't take away from the action sequences. They still look freaking good. It's kind of like, um, I wouldn't say it's... Um, it's not season three of the Boondocks bad, so it didn't go there. But you know, you can tell places where they cut money, right. but where where it is where it counts, it's done and it's very creative. So okay. Any other shows at all? Mm-hmm. I haven't really been watching anything else unless anybody's been watching American Horror Story. The trio? Huh? You've been watching American Horror Story? I uh, I caught up the other week, and then I haven't caught up. Uh, since then, so let's see. I think I got up to episode six, is when I caught up, so I think I'm two behind now. Okay, um, I'm not gonna go into it too much. I'm gonna say that for them, I mean, you can talk about it, I don't care if you spoil it. I don't really want to, just I'll just say that they kind of let me down for the episode that falls on Halloween and you're a horror show. Oh man, but I will say I've had my fill of people saying I love Satan on TV between that and Sabrina. 
<laughs> like I'm you like, you know what? Now. I need to you go. You know do- what, Ken? But so much. Perfect, you can, that's a perfect segue into my new favorite show. You can start watching God Friended Me. Get your soul <laughs> really. Get your soul back right with Jesus. What? Hallelujah! Hallelujah! <laughs> I love that show. I don't care how cheesy it is. It just, I was like, I need something. Latria, what is what is the premise of it? Is it that God is talking to him on Facebook and then like asking him to do things? Not talking to him, basically like su- the power of suggestion. Like he'll randomly send him like a friend request, like add such and such as a friend. And then he'll like see that person out and then figure out like whatever issue. It's it's very cheesy. It, but it's it's such a feel good show and it's such good acting and it's got Papa Pope in there Not as Papa a priest, Pope. which I did a little. I I saw because um, I read this article where they were talking about everyone's like relation to religion and everything in their real life, and apparently Brandon Michael Hall is a preacher's kid. His mom is a pastor, um, so he like grew up in the church and he said that like preparing for this role he stopped praying for a whole month but like after a few days he thought that like lightning was gonna strike him because <laughs> like he wouldn't even wow. he wouldn't even because he plays an atheist so he's like he wouldn't even pray over his food he was like oh my god i'm gonna choke to death or something like <laughs> but you know he wants to get in the character you know the mind of the character but also joe morton said that he like uh, before he became an actor he was almost going to become a catholic priest like he was like in route to literally become a priest. Like that's what he wanted to do. But of course, what stopped him? That good old schism. Oh. Like, yeah, he said racism and the fact that he couldn't um like comprehend how they had so much money, but there were like so many poor people. <laughs> he said between those two things, he was like, it just, you know, it, it didn't sit well with him. But I was like, Huh, Joe? Moore. Can you imagine him doing a sermon? Like I could see it. <laughs> so he read the Catholic Church on the press tour for God Friended Me. Yeah, I would. That is, you know, ballsy. he said like in the article, he said it was like racism and the whole fact that they had like so they were like so rich, had so much money, but it was just like there. Are, so what are you doing with it? And I was like, uh oh. I kind of, you know, but you know what, Papa Pope as a preacher. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I just want to hear him do a sermon, <laughs> like right now. He is great on the show, like when he's talking, because it's basically like his son's like the prodigal son, because here he is like a preacher, mm-hmm. and then his son is like an atheist and got this podcast talking about how there is no God. So it's like every week they go back and forth, but you can tell they still have a connection, mm-hmm. but it's just kind of, it's really good. It's really, like the premise of the show is cheesy. I don't even understand how it made it to TV, because... It's on CBS. That's so God. So basically, God so, just yeah. suggests. So God suggests that he friends people every episode. Yes. yes, and basically, when he does that, he like he'll literally like bump into them on the streets of New York because that's what happens. So it like, so it like trigger a chain of events or something like. Is that what? Uh huh. And then he'll like find out like whatever their issue is and help them. It's it's seriously it's just like something feel good to watch in this crazy mad world and I appreciate it. This is this is Joan of Arcadia. This is essentially what that is. This is wasn't the that Joan on of CBS Arcadia. too? Yeah, this is exactly what you that know, is. This CBS is the same love thing except, 
What's wrong with you? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this is Gun of Arcadia 2.0. Mark Burnett yeah. probably suggested it. He's basically like CBS. <laughs> yeah. But I also yeah, watched, that is. Um, of course, Happy Together. I will not stop loving that show. And actually, last week's episode, well, I don't know if it was this week or last week. I'm always behind because I always watch it on demand. But they had it where um, his dad comes. And I was like, before I saw the promo, I was like, if his actual dad does not play his dad, I am writing an Apple Care letter. But somebody heard me, and Damon Wayans actually. Uh-huh. Played his, I was like, "That's the old, like how oh can my you God. Have Damon Wayans as your daddy and not have him play your daddy?" But then I was like, "Well, maybe Fox ain't gonna let him go over to CBS." But obviously, they did. That's good. So it was. It's, nice. it's just great when they're like on screen together, and you can tell Brandon Junior has that such Amber. Good- Amber's definitely pregnant because she wasn't even in the episode. She was like on a business trip the whole time. So they were like Skyping. I was like, she must have been like about ready to burst by then. So, yeah, the junior junior has really great comedic timing. He's, I mean, like he's, the first he's time, his dad all over again. He is. So yeah, he's amazing. a copy. He's a literal yeah. copy of them. He's so good at it. Like, um, the first time I saw him was on that ABC show, Happy Endings. My favorite and show. I love that show so much. He was so good on that show. He yes, is so he good. A friend of mine got me <laughs> into that show. And then they canceled it. He, and then like, I nearly character is went basically crazy. the same in Happy Happy Together. Like, the mannerisms. Oh, my God. The mannerisms <laughs> really? and everything. Yeah. <laughs> so, you guys start I watching. Watch like, the, the mannerisms and everything, how he is with his wife and Happy Together are almost identical to happy endings to him and the wife in happy endings okay good that's, i'm trying to figure out what my favorite like episode. how he'll be like oh girl yeah yeah he does that. yes because yeah. every that time is, the wife the wife <laughs> from happy endings just like mm, i suspect you <laughs> yeah that is in this one too <laughs> mm, okay i will watch it then it's really good all right any other shows the trio uh no, I still gotta catch up with how to get away with murder. I just need time. It's so dramatic. I just need I probably just need to pour me a glass of wine and, and like get through it. I tried to watch an episode and recently just I, to see what happens. Yeah, I watched the first episode of Manifest a while back, but I haven't caught back up with that, so I need to catch back up with that as well. But this that and cartoons, you know. Which cartoons? Can't. Like Disney Junior, you would think uh, I had like a six-year-old in my house. I don't. Wait, have you oh, seen? Oh, and also, uh, Crank of the Creek, which is my favorite new card. What a gift! Oh my god! <laughs> what a goddamn gift! Such Shit. a good show. <laughs> Such a good... Like I literally every few weeks, I like I'm checking to see when they're gonna have new episodes, and I'm like, well, I just watch these old ones over again. <laughs> it's better to binge a bunch of them at, at one is. time. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's a really short thing. Brandon, I know how it's in the, you know, in, in the wake of all the stuff happening in politics and, you know, it's, it's crazy, right? Nowadays, it's so good to watch a wholesome show that appreciates, um, you know, just sort of wholesome um, values and whatnot. And it's really positive representation. For, for black people, for black kids especially. And I think that's a really good show. I might check it out. Latria, I was going to ask, does Muppet Babies come on Disney Junior, the new one? Yes, it does. It, it does. So, do they still have the nanny with the with the stockings on it, or is it different? 
Yep, they call yep Miss Nanny, the preschool teacher. Okay. And all you see is her legs. Okay, okay. <laughs> so I know it's made for younger kids. To but she's younger kids. though. She Miss Nanny has to be probably like in her late twenties, probably. Okay. So, so she's she's so wait, so she's a nanny two shoes. But well, like, sir, they're at like they're at like a daycare, but they call her Miss Nanny. I guess that's like supposed to be her name, right? Yeah, yeah. Ali, yeah. y'all didn't have Muppet babies over in the on the island. When um, you we probably were, did, but I was probably. You wished that you I was probably had gotten there. to the age where I wasn't Just watching that anymore. When it came on. I like this iteration be because it's like more 3D. <laughs> so they look different. They look a little bit. Because it's like a 3D uh, cartoon of them. Okay. Oh. But it's cute. I like it. All right, Ali, what have you been watching? Um, a few of the things that, that have popped up here are um, already uh, Black Lightning. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting. It's still holding my attention, so I'll keep on keep on watching it. Um, honestly, I feel like as if I need another really good show to watch because after Sabrina, after after you watch Sabrina and you go back to your other stuff that you've been watching, you realize just it's just. It's just not as good. The joke I was about to say, you, you know, could try watching so, Riverdale, but I guess that won't work for you. Well, I mean, it's not that because Riverdale has another kind of thing that I can only stomach for like one or two seasons and then I'm over it. Right. Well, so Ali, I might just. You can watch Big Mouth on Netflix, which I need to. I oh my God. <laughs> I've seen the first three episodes and I had to stop because I was like, <laughs> I feel some type of way. Right, you feel like you feel creepy watching. I feel very creepy watching that. I feel like as if like um, Hanson, Chris Hanson is gonna come through the door (laughs) with a glass of Kool Aid. So, yeah, I just feel hmm, hmm. (laughs) yeah. Um, I've been watching. um, Besides that, um, have I been? Um, oh, I, I think, I, yeah, I already finished of Daredevil. Um, best season by far. Best season out of all the three of them. I, if I were to rank them from best to worst, it would be three, one, and then two. Okay. Um, Vincent D'Onofrio is is so good at playing Kingpin. It's just, just make sure he never dies. Just keep him on the show all the time. Sometimes you can make him be a background character that's like moving the pieces or you know, making influencing things in the background, but just make sure he's he's on the show. We get to see his face, and the woman who's playing the kingpin's um like consort, um in the show, Vanessa. She is really, really good. And then towards the end of the season, it gets even better. And I'm not going to spoil anything, but this such a good uh, um, um, season because the, the um, daredevil has gone through a a change, you know, in terms of mentally how he looks at what it means to be a hero. And you see him struggling with that throughout this particular season so much so that he, he doesn't don the daredevil outfit for the entire season. He's never in it at all. He's he's gone back to like the 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 pre um, outfit the the just all black with the black bandana and stuff and 
<sighs> it's just really good. I really like Foggy Nelson. I like Karen Page. You know, his his two partners in crime. And the three of them have such a powerful um, chemistry together. Those um, actors, they they really did a good job in in casting them. Ayolette um, and, was, and Zura, they I'm sorry. Ayolette Zura is the they've, actress you're thinking of. Oh, okay, for Vanessa. Yeah. Yeah, she's really, really good. Um, they've already spoiled the fact that Bullseye is an is an adversary on the show. His backstory episode is really, really strong. Like you, I keep on thinking. I'm keep on wondering because, as we know, the Netflix shows they've tried their best to like ground some of the characters, the, the more fantastical characters in realism. And so we know that that's not Bullseye's actual story. But so I was waiting to see how are you going to like make this feel a little bit more down to earth and the way they did it. And it, it's not a typical flashback episode either. They used another kind of way to show you what happened to him in the past. And I think it, it, it went really well. So I would encourage people if they have an opportunity, please watch Daredevil. Yep. Um, it is, I think, I think it is eight episodes is it eight episodes well i just had to think up how many episodes is it wait no it's it's 12 wait it's 13 i think it's 12 13 13 okay all right so it's 13 episodes um i couldn't stop watching like i thought daredevil was gonna be one of those things where it's like okay i've seen this before he's blind but i i was genuinely interested for the entire thing so okay yeah I just want to talk about music right quick. For some um, reason um, on Friday. That's pretty much it. I'm oh, sorry. I just want to talk. Um, so for some reason on Friday, I went on like a 90s R&B kick. Yeah. I so I think I blamed T, T. Boz's audio book, which I finished today, by the way. Like, it's, it's a really good audio book. I recommend either it or the um, print version. Uh, but the audio book in particular, because like I said last time, you know, like, there's a whole lot of extra okays and hmm, that are clearly not in the text. But, you know, she's going to put them in as she reads her own writing. <laughs> um, one thing I took away from it, I guess, were her and Chili not friends at all? They're just co-workers? Probably. Because, like, Chili wasn't there when she had her brain tumor surgery. It, her whole family was. Chili wasn't there when her daughter was born. Like Chili is like you would think that they were friends and stuff, but she's never there at like the important moments in Tion's life. It's just you know, it's like all this stuff happens, and oh, we did a TLC album. <laughs> so I'm like, I guess they were just coworkers. They weren't really cool like that. Yeah, I think I think you know they were just. I can see that with them for some reason. Hmm. Like I see, like I mean, come, I mean, let's be honest. How often do they even have to be in the studio together? Dick. <laughs> Like, <laughs> I mean, I mean, we're being, we're we're being honest. I mean, yes, you know, Deborah yeah, Kelly was there longer true. than all of them. We know. I, I didn't say all that. I mean, I mean, because she did the she did leads did in the background, and mention? they replaced the lead. You know, because she did the demo, and then they would bring in Tiana Chili to replace the lead vocal, and they keep her background there. Every now and then, they would have Tiana Chili sing part of the backup vocal, but generally speaking, it was just Deborah. Um, so I've quite, did, did she even mention Deborah in the book? She might have mentioned her once, but not in the way, not in the context that she should have. 
I, I, want, I want to know how would she mention in the book? How would she discuss? Because when it, I don't do this anymore because I don't want to be hateful. But I used to say Deborah Killings was my favorite member of the group. And people have said that though, and it's a she. I mean, it's so funny when I say it randomly, just like any like I used to say it online sometimes, and like on like on message boards and stuff, and the whole board would erupt. <laughs> Because, you know, some people really knew and some people didn't. Right. But, uh, I mean, it used to be chilly. I mean, it, if you read the credits to their albums, she's on more songs usually than some of the members in the group. Certainly more than Left Eye. That's just a thing that happened. It's like saying, like, the Dante's are my favorite Supremes. They sung backup on songs that Mary and Cindy just weren't on, but Diana was. You know, that's that's a thing that happens. Like, like I know somebody who knew Stevie Wonder is like quote-unquote demo guy who sings like stevie's demos and then when stevie can't hit a note or he's not available to hit that note he'll hit the note for him hmm. that's just the thing that happens in the industry it's not really a big deal although hearing a t-boss talk about when she had her brain tumor and the surgery <laughs> around it it was like it was like a heart it's a heart-wrenching story really because okay. it's like you know she had been through so much already and then like that happened and she had to have and they talked about, like, they gave her a list of things that, what do you want to keep in order? Like, you keep your face, your hearing, and your bounce, but you can't keep all three. So that's slow. Apparently now, I guess when they tour, I guess she doesn't dance as much because she she won, she won her face and her hearing, but she, she lost her balance after the brain tumor surgery. So... I mean, like, I, that was, like, a really great book to finish. So I was listening to a whole lot of TLC. I listened to the whole TLC tip, the first album, like the whole thing. I hadn't heard in years, cover to cover, but I did the other day. And it was just interesting to hear like where they started. And also how old CDs, they didn't put a lot of compression on the audio. So it was like real soft sounding in my headphones. And also just how much Left Eye was on that early album. You know, after her, after she burned the house down, you know, she wasn't much on Crazy Sexy Cool. She wasn't much on fan mail because she was fighting with them. And she wasn't much on 3D because she was dead. So, like, the full Left Eye as a member experience is only on the first album, really. Uh, I listened to that. I was listening to um, Jay Don't Walk Away. Y'all remember that song? Oh, yeah. Yes. All I can hear, as soon as you said, all I hear is those drums. Yeah. Don't walk away. That shit was awesome. And I played eight times in a row. I played Lisa Fisher. How can I ease the pain? Ease the pain. Oh my god! Yes. <laughs> I don't know what's happening Lisa, in that. Lisa Stansfield. Yes. I don't know what's happening in the office. I was in there. How can I ease the pain? Oh my gosh! Yes, I love that song. It uh, was a high five. I like the way the kissing game. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that what Teddy Riley did a lot of that stuff, didn't he? Yeah. And apparently there was like a a white British group with one black guy in it over it called Another Level over in the UK. They covered that song note for note. Hmm. Well, how can I uh Yeah, what, I, like I like the way. Huh. I was like, holy shit. And then um Miss Chalet, something in my heart. Yeah. I thought about that movie that they made, um the oh, Lifetime. <laughs> But yeah, I was just on like a '90s kick for some reason, like because I, I I was and also and I won't do that. I won't talk about that. 
that's a discussion for another time. Uh, it was about Survivor and the Eye of the Tiger and how the song, the whole song is off beat. <laughs> somebody, somebody's going to write in. I said, okay, I said it. The whole song is off beat. Why is it off beat? I don't remember it being off beat, but it's the first time I actually listened to it rather than just heard it. And well, Eye of the Tiger? Yeah, like just, you know, the big famous, you know, song. You know, Eye of the Tiger, Through the Fight. The song is like, like, they, it's, they white as fuck. It should be like hit and like it doesn't hit. Mm. <laughs> like I That's can not, hear. They gotta know when to clap. Yeah. Gosh. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck was going on. Oh, but yeah. Any music y'all been listening to at all? Before we were um Well, to the audience we move forward. Tell us we're gonna wrap up. <laughs> nah, the last new thing I listened to was Lil Wayne. I haven't listened to anything new since then. Yeah. I've been listening to LMI. I'm surprised. It's LMI, it's not LMA. Yes, LMI. Oh, she's I, British. Yeah, I heard I I heard the album like last week. I really liked it. Yeah, I'm surprised how much I like it. Like yeah. it's LMI because she's British, not LMA. <laughs> it's funny because um um well number one, I, I gotta say, like one uh, the standout track for me at first was Shot Clock. Um, until you get to the end of the song and she's doing all that poetry rubbish like she's common. Oh, Lord. Yeah. Uh, love is what we are. If you add E-R-S, that's, uh, that's what we are. You know, it's filled with blah, 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 blah. And eye puddles. Eye puddles. Eye puddles. Really? That's what we're doing? So it's kind of like that <laughs> end, the end of, um, I don't know if you've ever listened to Scissors Weekend and they have that, yeah. the end of it. And it's like you always want to hit either skip. Or replay oh, yeah, the track before it gets to that bright ideas part. <laughs> That's how I feel about when she starts on her little uh, fucking spoken word. It's like, um, but you can tell how she's evolved from what she was doing on her EP that was released. Because mm-hmm. the song, if spoiler, if you didn't know, um, Boot Up is over a year old. People just kind of finally got cut, hip to it right. before, yeah. Because um, she had, she also had a song, 10,000 Hours, and a few other things before people really caught on to her. But I was afraid the whole album was going to be a bunch of boot up, but you can tell, like, she rather, I haven't seen the liner notes or the credits, but she really got with the right people to try to jazz it up a little bit, make it a little bit more modern, but very still R&B. Um, I I got to give her props for her tweet that somebody said um, that somebody told her thanks for saving R and B or bringing back R and B and she was like R and B never left. Oh. Yes, yes, sis. And then she yes. said thanks for coming to my TED talk. <laughs> <laughs> so I got to give her props for that. Um, y'all know she had that that controversy with Jacquees because he did a ver- version of what song of hers? Not boot up, but um, what was her second um, single? The trip tripping trip. trip. Yeah, tripping. Which and he his I think his version was actually getting more play at least here in Atlanta than the original. Because <laughs> you, yeah. <laughs> and and they, but the problem was he was trying to sell it on his SoundCloud, you know. And they put out that cease and desist, which you can't be mad. I mean, you can't be selling the song somebody else's song on SoundCloud, man. Right. You know, Jacquees. What was this? I can't even remember that one hit song Jacquees had a few. Uh, I can't tell you nothing about him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna leave that alone. But anyway, I listen to that. I've been listening to Wayne. Um, still, work kind of working my way through it. I'm enjoying it. Uh, what else I've been listening to? Da, 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 da. Let me get, give me two seconds to look. Look at. You pull it up. I'm about, I'm about to pull I'm it up. Food. 
Um, I've been trying to listen to uh, Now. Her album's okay. I'm, hopefully I'm pronouncing it right. It's NAO. Uh, she has, um, she has her, uh, her second album, Saturn. I like the title track a lot. I think you should listen to it, Brandon. But she does a lot of vibey, wavy music. And to me... I love Now. Yeah, and it, and I like some of her, like some songs I love, and some of it just fades into the background. And um, but she's this, British too, right? I don't know. I'm, I think she it. I'm, maybe I'm making it up. I don't know. She might be. I I'm thought a little, she was. Nao, she on Apple Music yet? Yeah, I'm, yeah, she should be. Mm-hmm. I'm a little late to the party on that on yes, her though. I'm, I'm ashamed. Yeah, she's British. She is sorry. Yeah, Saturn she, name of the album came out last week. Y- yeah. So I, I mean, I'm enjoying. I enjoy the title track. I think you should listen to that. But I'm in some mixed bag. It's okay. Um, Travis Scott, Astro World, making my way through that. Um, this one girl, Jessie Reyes. She really, she was like an up and coming artist. She released this um, EP called Being Human in Public. It's okay. She's kind of, she's a Latin artist, um, but she kind of got some feminist views, but she's very, I like her music. It's very angry and interesting, but between the anger and her yelling and her, she has a very unique voice. She also has some great points. Like she has this one song called Body Count, uh, which is a fun way of saying, you know, um, you shouldn't worry about, you know, what a woman's body count. It's a two, double standard, right. blah, blah, blah. I dodge dick on the daily, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I mean, she does it humorously and funny, but she's saying something very poignant, too. And the album's kind of filled with lyrics like that. Um, I listened to Take Off of the Migos uh, album, The Last Rocket. I'm actually enjoying it. I kind of listened to that in gym. Um, what else? Um, did y'all talk about Usher's A? Usher got a new record out. He had an eight song EP where it was co-produced by Metro, not Metro, was it Metro? Zato. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, you don't, you, you, you did yourself a favor. Um, uh, that man's too old to be trying to take that some damn track. I don't, my problem isn't that he's old. My problem is it's just bad. I, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, he has some stuff with potential in there, but it's kind of wasted. Um, I'm also kind of tired of Usher cheating and asking for forgiveness. I mean that's how he, mm-hmm. that's that's how he got that um that gift that keeps on giving. Stop it. Mm-hmm. But um yeah he had to. You, I mean you 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 listen to a because it's supposed to be dedicated to Atlanta. Mm-hmm. By the way, I mean totally, totally produced by Zaytoven, but overall it's just kind of like this isn't good. And the, and the sad thing is it's like it's like a level beneath what he did on his last album, which was also a mixed bag. But the thing is, on the last album, he tried to... I liked that last album. It was actually really good to me. Yeah, I liked it because he was able to balance out, okay, I'm going to give you a little bit of this modern take and some of this trap. Yeah. But I'm also going to tell, show you that I'm a polished showman. I'm a polished singer. You know, I'm not right. I'm not trying to sit here and sound like uh, Ty Dolla Sign or uh, Trey Songz or whatever. I can actually sing. Yeah, I'm, I can. I, not only can I actually sing, but I can actually enunciate. I can actually do different lyrics. I'm a, I'm a seasoned performer. Mm-hmm. So, and he was giving that, and like, and I now I'll say I like the first half of the album better than the last half. Cause I, I mean, I thought it was just an off. You know, it wasn't the bad album. It just wasn't great. But I felt it. Yeah. I I felt it was way better than what he came out with this product. Um, I can't think of anything else I've really been listening to. Um, so that's it. Okay. Now we're going to talk about news. I'm going to do the first news item, last news item first, and then I'll do the rest in the regular order. So first, Tyler Perry has had it, y'all. He, well, actually he decided this a long time ago, 
And he just now is announcing it because they released the trailer. So the trailer for the ninth and final Medea movie called A Medea Family Funeral was released online this week. And Tyler Perry was on Sirius Radio promoting the um the movie, basically saying that, like, I'm happy to kill that old bitch. I'm tired, man. <laughs> and basically talking about how he didn't want to be Medea's age playing Medea. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. <laughs> this is gonna be the last movie. He's gonna go on a farewell tour. Him, him and um Cassie Davis and um the man's uh, David and Tamla to for so the audiences can say goodbye to the Medea characters. And this movie was apparently shot two goddamn years ago. Yeah. Just been sit sitting on the shelf waiting. <laughs> Well, my first question is why they can't kill her, but keep uh, the pain, not the pains. Who was the man's in the movie? Uh, Brown. The Browns. The Browns. That's well, just like Roseanne and them did. Yeah, I don't think she's actually dying. I think was he's more saying like he's figured to be killing her. The, the movie is about oh, okay. um, her brother or one of her older male relations has passed away and they're going to the backwoods for their funeral. And the funeral, at the funeral, like a whole lot of family secrets come like unsecretized and got caused this drama as generally happens at black funerals so you know Todd Perry's in it Cassie Davis is in it um Punk is in it um the ex-husband of Jennifer Hudson or the ex the ex-fiance of Jennifer Hudson oh Mm mm-hmm you know, Todd Perry got to have a cute, light-skinned boy in these movies. You know, that's, that's oh what, yeah, that's, that's true. <laughs> so, so which so which woman is he gonna save? Because that's what they always do. They always save the woman. Oh lord! Right. So, how do y'all feel about this? Like, because uh, I mean, like people have, and not me, by people, I mean me. People have been critical of the whole Medea thing, but like I always said, the plays were fine. It's just that Todd Perry doesn't know how to make a motion picture. And he won't let anybody help him write them, or at least yeah. it doesn't seem. I, mean, I, I love, I love Medea and Uncle Joe. Like those are always my two favorite characters. Everybody else, like I had issues with. Um, yeah. But I mean, I yeah, it's it's time. I mean, it's time for him to evolve and move on. Ho- right. Hopefully, evolve and you know. I think my big thing is that the Medea movies were so poorly written that it did not give us the opportunity to properly put in context what the Medea franchise did. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, first of all, the uh, Medea on stage is funny as shit. Yes. Yes. But like you said, Tyler Perry cannot write a screenplay and he won't let nobody else do it. And he thinks that he can just take his, even though he would change the script, he would make them worse because he would try to put the same script on a, that's on the stage onto a movie screen, which doesn't work. And then the stuff that he changed was stupid and actually made the themes, you know, exacerbated and terrible. But at the same time, he really did bring our kind of black church comedy into the general conversation yes, he did. and into Hollywood. And the only reason we were able to enjoy that 10 hour Aretha Franklin funeral publicly <laughs> and laugh at it <laughs> is because Medea had became part of you know regular pop culture and we'll never have really had that conversation because the movies were like it's so bad that my thing i always said is that he would he's able to get legendary actors into these movies and it's like their worst performance ever because the movie is so bad yep. so that's my only thing and i'm i mean i'm i'm glad to see you know the franchise stop because they're bad but i just want us to always just remember what it did actually bring to the culture 
And also, somebody needs to let him know that, you know, the only reason we call him bad is because of you, brother. You, you bad. Because he's a, he's a, he's a great actor. He just can't write. Yeah. He doesn't have force. That that just blows my mind. The dude is in, in movies where he's just the actor. Yeah. And I'm here for it. I'm here for it. But then you good. put him be- on a director's chair, and it's like, and that's the notar should be here for madness. No mind you do. With a gun. Like, <laughs> with, with a, with a, what was that? She had a gun, or was it a? Yeah, it was a gun. Yeah, it was. And an axe. And he never Shut did. Up. One thing that always bothered me is that he's a great executive producer, but he never did like, you know, the Robert Townsend's and uh, Spike Lee's of the world. You can follow their family tree. You know, the people who went from being DPs and, you know, cinematographers and stuff and like really like got into the industry and started directing. I have never seen anybody off of the Tyler Perry film tree ever. He tried to. It's a movie. And you probably. That Won't. like I try I gotta remember what it was called. Um what was it? Um God. I probably know who was in it. Um Peoples. That's the movie that it was. Peoples. Who's in this movie? Oh yeah, the Peoples, yeah. Yeah, he didn't write that. Oh, I G- love that with Carrie Washington and Craig. That was actually a good Craig yeah. Robinson. Yeah, Gina Gordon Chisholm directed that one, wrote and directed it. That Let's was a good movie. Funny. I that... like that one. That was a good movie. Yeah. Yeah, that's the only one of his that he didn't um, do. And like the two guys who, well, one of the guys who ran his studio is starting one here in Atlanta of his own, but he's not black. He's like, um, he's Middle Eastern, I think. But he was like the the like the president of production at Tyler Perry Studios for like for like almost a decade. Is he still not work producing with that Bob? What's his name? Bob something. Roger Bob. Roger Bob. Wasn't he working with Tyler Perry? Yeah, I think they've split up. I don't see his name in the movies anymore. Uh. Um, with, with, I, yeah, Will so and Ozzy Aru What happened, Ali? I'm sorry. Is anybody going to ever like create or like what Carlin was saying about like a like a timeline for someone's progression up through you know like someone who's who's in the same sort of um, circle, that sort of a director's um, chair right now? Like, what is this this mysteriously cloudy past of Tyler Perry up until now? He just sort of. Oh, that, that's that, that's like, not that's that's beyond the scope of this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> I know. You it. Mean, when did he just randomly appear? Like, I know it was the plays, and then the and then the movies. But what about back? What about before that? Like, no, that's, a, that's beyond the scope of this podcast. You go, you could Google that oh, and find some YouTube videos that will explain that to you in more detail. No, the only thing <laughs> that I will say is that he, for some reason he managed to, he managed to uh, leapfrog over um, other great black gospel playwrights like David E. Talbert, who even though he's done some cool movies, was never able to really. And it's probably because of the Madea character right. and because of that comedy aspect, yeah. he was never yeah. able to have that kind of success that Tyler Perry had. But he, he was a better playwright. Yeah, he was. He David Tabor was a better playwright. Then there that were some works. other folks who did it too. But Tyler Perry just, yeah, you're right. He found he found yeah. black folks like to laugh at black folks and like to laugh at church people, and that's what he did. Yeah. <clears throat> some somehow somehow he figured out. How to, how to, well, he, no, he, he basically, he, I mean, the dude was, the dude was observant. Yeah. yeah. He's like, these are the he things that people, marketing plan. I'm yeah. going to oh, yeah. put them, I'm going to put them into a character and I'm going to give you all of those things in one character. This market that had never been marketed to ever. 
you know, right. religious black people. You know, think about black movies in the nineties. It's all hip hop and you know and, and violence, and then maybe a little bit of that. You know. Uh, way to exhale. And a romance, and a romance. Right. Yeah. Maybe soul food go. or something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like, right. But never something that's targeting towards the, like middle aged and church. older black women who have disposable yeah. income who will yeah. go from the from from church on Sunday to the theater to go mm-hmm. see these movies. And the thing it is too, it's not it's not that his movies are like super 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 preachy. It's not like it's not always God, God, God all the time, but there's enough of that in there so that way you don't feel like as if the casual person doesn't really feel like as if they're being trying that they're being indoctrinated. Right. But it's it's a it, it always ends up with a conclusion that's a feel good conclusion that wraps out everything in a bow, and you know, and then of course you get you know Medea doing Medea things, yeah. you know, just like well, there's what, a the, there's a rule in the church when you're writing a sermon. And the sermon, the rule of the sermon is that in the end, you always, no matter what you are preaching about, you always to end at the cross. And that is the way that Tyler Perry writes his plays. No matter what the play is about, you notice that it always ends with them going to church and getting saved. And it's, it's the same rule. And I think he's getting away from that in his movies in general now. Because think about it, this year, he put out two movies this year. First one was Acrimony, which was the last film he produced for Lionsgate, even though Medea Fanfino is a Lionsgate movie that doesn't come out till March 1st of 2019. He shot it over two years. He shot it in early early 17. The other one is his first movie for Paramount because he signed a deal earlier this year with Paramount Pictures and with BET. So now his new shows will go to BET. His new movies go to Paramount, and it's called Nobody's Fool, Tiffany Haddish, and Tika Sumter in it. The reviews have not been good. Even for Tyler Perry, they haven't been good. Basically, they're saying that, you know, the movie's not what it's advertised as. It's not like Tiffany Haddish being a fool for two hours. It's Tiffany Haddish being a fool for 30 minutes, and then Tyler Perry shit starts happening. <laughs> but they these movies, both Acrimony and Nobody's Fool, are both rated R. Mm. And I will tell you from seeing Acrimony, there's no cross. <laughs> there's no cross there's except no for when they go to when they go to the church and that man with that bad wig there's no cross yeah at the marriage ceremony yeah yes so i'm like is he trying to get away from making gospel movies is that what he's trying to do because first of all he's not good at it he's not good at making other types of films let's just be real here acrimony was a mess i isn't it's, it's an entertaining mess but it's entertaining because it's a mess and because Roger B. Henson is running around with an axe Being trying crazy. to axe people yeah <laughs> <laughs> but it's terrible and y'all I mean y'all are better movie people but at the end I was the only person sitting in the, in the living room with my cousins like do y'all notice that this is literally like the worst green screen scene ever <laughs> like she is like boat? damn near walking on the on the floor like she in the water oh like, yeah what's happening and that and when they were on the pier yes <laughs> I was like Tyler, yes they ain't gotta be on the previous head. You just could open up the door to the studio, had to walk walk like a mile outside to set up and film there. They ain't gotta be on the pier because they are very clearly in the sound stage. Ain't nobody hair blowing or anything. They lit Nothing. from five different directions. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> oh boy. But yeah, so Medea will be gone um after March. So go see her last movie, y'all. All right. Mm-hmm. Next up, the um Satanic Church. Um, I'm gonna dip out, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was a perfect like, segue. All right, Carolyn. Okay. Bye, Carolyn. <laughs> Bye, thank Carolyn. you for joining us. <laughs> um, 
The satanic church. You you were gonna try Carolyn today, not today. Right, <laughs> not today, Satan. That's uh, okay. <laughs> these so the satanic temple actually is what they're actually called. Um, they are threatening a lawsuit against Netflix, but not Warner Brothers. I'm curious. Uh, over the chilling adventures of Sabrina. And the reason for this is because they say that the Baphomet statue in the series that appears in the church, in the, like, the was it, the, um, the Academy of Unseen Arts, the school, the witch school that she has to go to, they're saying that that design is a copyrighted design. Wait, is that that big, like, the... Yeah. The big statue in the, mid, the, in the middle of the, in the, of middle of the floor just sit, Oh, okay. Yep. Yep. As a matter of fact, uh, Lucian Graves, the co-founder, spokesperson for the Satanic Temple, has tweeted out... Um, a spokesperson for <laughs> Yeah, he's a, a Twitter. He's a Twitter. Oh, my Wonders God. Wonders will never cease, Lord. <laughs> he tweeted out comparison images of the statue that they have and the one that's used in the um, series. And they are, you know, roughly identical. Okay, I'm not joining this fight. I don't want them coming after me. But Baphomet is a but that's Baphomet not a, a thing that predates a, like motion pictures and photography as a symbol. Of, I know that's it's been in it's been in all kinds of ancient, not like, ancient. Like I, like I I I I was talking this um with Moji and um Shannon yesterday on the TV movie TV movie Mistress podcast. I. I Wikipedia Satan after I saw the series. Oh no! Clean your browser <laughs> history. <laughs> I don't know now you got know. cookies on all those sites. <laughs> <laughs> Brad, you gonna start getting pop ups on your phone? Oh Lord Jesus! No. You got an iPhone? You know it's all connected. You better clean. Your- <laughs> I might have. I might have to. I'm, I'm gonna look in and see how I clean my. Wikipedia. You better clear that out right now. You better go to a library and Google that. Course. Hmm, nearest church and go get you a gallon of holy water right. and get to work. But the iPhone will stop working. <laughs> I, I'll figure it out, y'all. But like, um, I, I did see like Baphomet has been around since maybe like the 17 or 1800s basically as a symbol of Satan. Mm. I mean, and I guess they're saying that the depiction in the show is too close to their own depiction, which I guess they can sort of sort out in court. Uh, and so what they want is they want by November the 9th, 2018, for Netflix and... Oh, they send the Warner Brothers too. <laughs> to please take down any advertisements that feature the likeness of the Baphomet Monument. Take down and refrain from any use of the likeness um, from the Children of Sabrina or any other works. Produce an explanation behind the origins of the monument as used in the series. The man also notes that this matter could ideally be resolved without litigation if they were to comply with these requests. So I guess they want them to re-edit the um, episodes and to, or to at least to produce an explanation, I guess, to credit the Satanic Temple for the design. Did Netflix respond? <laughs> Let me scroll down I'm to see. I'm just curious as to like what they what they said in their mm-hmm. meeting when they when they saw that. Oh. I too I too have questions, so go ahead. <laughs> Sources at Netflix declined to comment on their use of the Baphomet image, noting that no official claim has been filed as of this time. Mm. I guess when they get them papers, they'll talk about it. <laughs> I mean, 
I mean, I seen that iconography in in stuff on online. I I think I remember the first time I saw that was when I was reading. Um, I was rereading. Uh, um, what was that called? The Da Vinci Code, and there's a there's a version of the Da Vinci Code that uh, there's a a version that is the illustrated version that shows you the symbols that they're talking about, and one of them had it in there. And I I took the I took the time out to just research that, and I was like, okay, so that's a thing. All right, fine. But are they saying is there maybe it's Maybe it's Sabrina's version. It's Sabrina's but, version is what they're saying because it's like Baphomet. Yeah, and okay, there's, so there's her little, version is, and there's like a little, like a little girl and a little boy on either side of it, looking up at it with a smile. And they did this, a very similar version for the show. Okay, well, in that case, then maybe they have some claim. Maybe they have some justification. Um, my my only question is this: If they do go to trial, are they gonna have them swear on the Bible? Ooh. <sighs> Next topic. <laughs> I, I'm just saying because I am like really feeling. If you don't, you better. <laughs> I mean, right? Listen. Next topic. Just slide on in into, yeah. the, into a segment, please. Okay. Oh, in far less satanic news, um, the Fal- everybody's faves, the Falcon and Winter Soldier, are getting their own limited series. So Anthony uh, Mackie and Sebastian Stan from the Avengers films will be, st- and the Captain America films specifically, will be starting in their own limited TV series that will not be on television and it won't be on Netflix. It's going to be on the new Disney streaming service, Disney Play. Do we care? Well, I like the characters. Anthony Mackie. You I know, mean, are they, are they characters that you think people will want to see a show oh, solely yes. about? Oh, oh yes. Okay. Oh, yes. Okay. Definitely. I, I don't know. That's why I was asking. I was like, that's, that's an odd people to get their own show. Out of. Well, I, I'm thinking because they're both, you know, Captain America's sidekicks and also because okay. Captain America is sure to die in Avengers 4. Uh, so <laughs> this would be their way, I guess, of continuing that storyline. And listen, I just want to see. Are some- they going to give backstory? Because I have no idea how Falcon became Falcon. Did like, you see Captain America? The Winter oh, wait, Soldier? yes, I do. Never mind. Wasn't yeah. he in the army with him or something? Well, he was in the army. No. Um, not with him, but he was in the army after Cap came to like, the modern world. They met at right. in Washington. Because um, I remember Brandon. the movie where they were like in the beginning where they were running through yeah. like a park or something. Yeah. Like, On your left. I think I like stopped paying attention until like from that to when he became Falcon. Yeah, I would rewatch it. Like it's that's that's yeah. actually a very good one. The better, I mean, they're all one, good. But that's one of the best. America was that? That's Winter Soldier. That's part two. Yeah, that's, so that's where Soldier. he becomes Falcon. Yeah. Okay, I'll have to rewatch that this weekend. Yeah. Plus, Sebastian Stan with it um, without with, um, with his um his. Um, oh no no no! Wait, not Winters. I want to talk about Winter Soldier. Talk about, okay, never mind. Go ahead. Yes, Sebastian Stan with his um his weave in always looks good too. Yes, I like him with the long hair. <laughs> We're going to talk about another weaves very soon. <laughs> um, Brad and put it on the docket. Um, and also, the show is being written by... Oh, Matthew. yeah, I see it down there. I see it. The I'm like, let me look down on this list see what Ali's talking about. Yeah, I'm just mm-hmm. The show is being written by Malcolm Spellman, who, of course, um, was one of the head writers on Empire and was supposed to be executive producer on HBO's Confederate, if y'all remember that controversy. 
I'm, so I heard a while ago that they still were a go on that. So have they just halted that altogether or are they just going to try to sneak it in one day? They might try to sneak it in one day because... I feel like I'm going to go on HBO and be like, wait, what? Yeah, <laughs> because the two guys who ran Game of Thrones, they are not only making a new Game of Thrones uh, spinoff starring Naomi Watts. That's also on the docket. Uh, they are also producing a Star Wars show for... Um, is it a show or... No, they're doing movies for Lucasfilm. Mm. So they ain't gonna have time for that shit. And good on it. Right. Um, next up, Ava Diverge, Ava Diverge making the Prince documentary for Netflix. Um, y'all recall a couple months ago, she told us that Netflix basically came to and said, Hi, Ava, what do you want to do? <laughs> and she said, Oh, well, first it's part five, the miniseries. Now, uh, Prince documentary. So it's gonna be a multi part documentary, it'll cover his entire life. The estate mm-hmm. is giving Ava full access to the Prince archives. Oh, I bet he, man, I bet he hates. He is probably in heaven with the meanest side eye because he, you know he ain't like folks having none of his shit. Right. Oh wow! Yeah, Ava's done two documentaries before about music. This is the life at my Mike South Nights, which are both about underground hip hop, and so. This will probably be out sometime next year. And of course, you know, she did the 13th, which is, you know, about, you know, the 13th Amendment and everything like that. Yeah, I can't watch that. I would, yeah, it is a lot, but it's yeah. very good. It's very informative. I'm but sure. It will make you yeah, angry. I've heard nothing but great things about it. I just like, I don't know if that's something I can. Uh, no, I fully understand. I do fully understand. <laughs> but yeah, I, I can't wait to see the Prince documentary series she's going to make. Uh, next up, something that Latria was not that excited to hear about. Um, well, I mean, now that you like, not ex- okay, you, know, you were like, but we get musicals. Yeah, yeah so we get <laughs> um, Oprah, Quincy Jones, and Steven Spielberg are producing a new version of The Color Purple for Warner Brothers. But this time, they're not just remaking the '85 movie; they are doing a movie adaptation of The Color Purple, the musical from Broadway. Mm. See, I think that's where I got confused. I thought they were just like redoing the movie, and I was like, okay. "No, we already have a great movie. Okay. Why are we redoing it?" So, does the play? I mean, is it not? I mean, the musical is not the same as the original movie at all. Or Quad went and saw the play because Fantasia was in it when it was here. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as I understand, it's closer to the book, which basically means that they acknowledge that Celia and Suge started dating each other. Because that oh, was the main thing about the movie right. that they sort of kind of they gave you one kiss and then they panned away <laughs> right. and went to the next scene. Like and the whole thing, if you read the book, um, Alice Walker gives you a good five or six pages of um, girl on girl action in that moment in the story. Oh, okay. Yeah, my dream that and, and uh, I've I, I've heard I've heard tale of it being very explicit. It's very explicit. I mean, but it but it's 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 honest. But yeah, it might be a little bit have been a little bit too honest for me at the age of sixteen to be reading in school. But you know, I read it and, and like and, maybe, and I think maybe that's the point. Maybe it's supposed to give you a better understanding of mm-hmm. relationships and sexuality than you usually get in high school. But yeah, that's probably the main change that's in the play. And of course, you know, like they they have you know their own songs. They don't sing "Sister" in the play at all. They have their own. Uh? 
wait a minute. Well, I'm going to need them to put this in this new film adaptation of the musical. Some kind of way. Like how they put You Can't Win in the Wiz. <laughs> <laughs> and it was Chrissy Jones yeah. who did it. So, But, like, they might. You never know. But they, have, they don't have a director or a writer, and they don't know if they want to ask Cynthia Erivo, who starred in the revival in 2015, if, mm-hmm. if she wants to play the lead as Seeley. Who would you want to see as director? Oh, God. And writer. You said they don't have a writer either? Mm-mm. I don't know so who, who I want to write it. Like, who do you think could pull this off and make it great? I don't, I don't know. Even though the story is already great itself, but... I don't know who I want to direct it. That's a good... Actually, a very good question, because... I you know what? Kenny for... Leon could do it. You know, like... <laughs> no, no, no. Because I was thinking because, like, they always had him do direct the stage... Pre- no, remember state, he did um, the Wiz Live and with, uh, and Hairspray Live, but he did the stage direction. They had no, but TV. he did what's the a Raisin in the Sun? Remember that oh, came on TV? Oh, he did that. The one yeah, the with Diddy, with Diddy and uh, and Claire Huxtable. Oh, okay, never mind. Never mind. Yeah, you so that's what I was saying. I think he did. <laughs> <laughs> you said <so> dumb. <laughs> So that's why I thought about him. I mean, because, you know, he's someone who's familiar with the stage and then he did that. I I don't think that my, I don't know if he's done any more like stage plays or musicals to like TV or film, but I just remember he did a Raising the Sun that came out. Right. Maybe him, maybe Gina Price Blackwood because she did um, Beyond the Lights and also Secret Life of Bees. She might be good. She's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, one of them. It's one of them. Not Spike Lee. No, no, him, I don't even him, think they would even ask. Him and music don't blend very well. No, not La Daniels. No, oh, not, not any of these. Music- oh God, can you? Um, oh, Lord. he gonna have Seely uh getting shoved in the trash can by Mister. Oh my God, dear Lord. So oh, what about um Steve McQueen? I don't think he'd do it. He don't see how the kind of like because they're gonna want like. No. They're is gonna that want, who did 12 Years a Slave? Yeah, but they're going to want a certain more like Hollywood style that he's going to want to yeah. give them. For this Steve day. McQueen is very Oh, in- I got it. I got it. What's the guy, Barry, who did movie? Barry Jenkins would be a great choice. It'd yes. be a good like first like big, big studio movie for him. That would be a good choice. Barry, if you're listening to the Say Something Nice podcast. First of all, we love you. Call Oprah. <laughs> I mean, she probably already has your number. Yes. Quincy probably has already invited you to parties at his house, telling everybody's business. <laughs> Just let them know, hey, you know what, what what's going on with Color Purple? Right. What you hat? He would be good. Okay, who? Okay, let's. We we have other man. I I want to go on to like no, who we think you want to cast the lead. Yeah, but I was like, we have other topics to talk. about. I would say something that's going to be. I don't think it's controversial, but it's going to be... I want an unknown to play Celie because they went and found Whoopi Goldberg back yeah. in the day. Nobody knew who she was, and they yeah. made her a star. I want to do the same thing for this movie. Or, if not, we can do Letitia or Michaela Cole. Ooh, Michaela Cole. Michaela Cole, so Cole yes. Letitia... Let, oh, my God. Let, well, well, <laughs> well, the thing is... The, Ali just got... Well, you gotta, you gotta remember <laughs> that black Twitter is gonna be angry if you cast either of them because they're both British. 
That was the whole oh, thing. Oh Cynthia Revo was cast. Oh, in, um, because you're not, you're not, yeah, yeah you're not getting an American. Yeah, because Cynthia Revo was cast yeah. as um, Harriet Tubman. People had problems with that. Oh God. Yeah. Okay, I understand. I know. I I, I literally so, understand the like, I, I understand like, the financial thing. Kind of. Right. What are you about to say, Latria? Because it makes sense, Latria. You know, we yeah. we want to we we appreciate all of our black brothers right. and sisters, no matter where you come from. Oh, but, okay. You know. Well, she might be too. Oh, she might be too old though. Ooh, ooh. Um, Uzo Aduba. She could probably play or Shook. Or she could play Nettie. Is it Nettie or Letty? It's ne- it's Nettie, but she could play Shook. She'd be a good Shook. Uh-huh. I can see Uzo do better Shook, Avery. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Somebody need to give her a sexy role. She could do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Cool. Let's see. Next up. Um, Brandon. She- Brandon, what if they what if they mess up Brandon and and go and they they go and uh and hire or they they cast a a, a lat skinned it? They gonna get Tandy Newton play. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, she's British too. Never yeah. mind. Never mind. They'll go and find some light skinned woman and and they'll be like, "Yep, there you go." They gonna get Journey Journey Smollett. Journey Smollett yeah. in the color purple. My God. <laughs> She can play Squeak. <laughs> oh, she good. She can play Squeak. I wonder who's play Miss Sophia because you know if Oprah doing this, that I would be nervous <laughs> having Oprah on set, knowing that she already did. <laughs> She's like, I didn't do it that way. Oprah, it's thirty years later. We gonna do it a different way. But <laughs> all right, y'all, give me one second, right quick. I need to take care of something quick. Okay. And I wonder who they can get to play Mister. Oh man, that person has to be prepared to be the most hated man for a while. Who? Okay, who, exactly what oh, happened? You to know me. what? Okay, we could go with um, what's his name? Jesus, I'm oh, who's already typecast as? I don't want to give a description man. of him because the description is horrible. But I cannot think of his name. What was he in recently? Oh God, you know who I'm talking about. Oh. Oh, Forrest Whitaker. Yes, God, I can't. Why can I remember? Uh, no, no. You don't think he could do this? Okay. I or, think he could, but I don't want him to because that's going to destroy his image. You think <laughs> Forrest so? Forrest Whitaker. Yeah, because remember, the movies that he's been in recently have all been, you know, I'm I'm an older, I'm an older, meaning well, black man. Oh, who yeah. stutters who stutters somewhat, but you know, yeah. you know, he's, you know, he's a good guy. If you oh, put okay, gotcha. in this movie, yeah, you right. will shatter his hopes of getting any more roles that have him doing sting, these kinds yeah. of things. So I, I just need to move to London because everybody that I want to suggest is black and British. <laughs> Clearly, I love the Prince because I was going to say, I didn't hear y'all, but I'm guessing. Y'all cast Kaluuya as Mr. or Idris? Hell no, he's too See, young. How can he? I would say I was gonna say Idris. Hmm. Idris, you might, Idris you might really good. that might work. That's the British thing again. Clearly, yeah. And then I was thinking, do um, we have any older? older I was thinking Jeffrey man? Wright, but he's too light skinned and he's also British. Clearly, I have a type. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, Larry Ben could do it, but he ruined his career. <laughs> He would ruin his career too. You know, exactly. You know, people go hate him forever after he do it. They exactly. hate Danny Glover for a good. Well, that's what I was saying. Danny. 
that's what we were saying. That's what we were talking about before you before when you were um when you had yeah. left for a while, Brandon. It's like the person who has to play this role has to be prepared to know that they're going to be hated no. for a while. Yeah, you can't have Forrest Whitaker doing this. He's going to destroy his career. If you get okay. somebody who's old enough, where they where they took like a big old swig of of I don't give a fuck for my the oh. rest of my career, oh, get oh. that person. Okay, he might be too young, but what about uh, what's the dude from Atlanta? Brian Tyree that? Henry. Yeah. Jesus, he would um, be so good. He's kind of young. And he can sing can too, and he can sing. Yeah, they might cast him. Age him up. They might cast him. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Hollywood. I mean, he, is, Holly- he is on the cusp of his career right now. I need to be a casting director. Or something. Brandon, but wouldn't that mess up the ratings for, for Atlanta a little bit? It's not a Disney show. <laughs> I feel like he's an actor who's been in enough different things that he but could... But he does he a lot of different stuff. Carry yeah. that blow because he's not the romantic lead in Tyler Perry movies. Larry Bent Right. Is. He kind of has been going toward like gritty stuff, like yeah. in Widows. It's like his character is like a mob boss or something. Right. So he would work. I could see it. All right. So there, we got we got a cast. We just need to um, start production. <laughs> All right. Next up. So if y'all recall, um, Barack and Michelle Obama signed a deal with Netflix a couple of uh, earlier this year. I thought it was last year. Yes, was, they did. Yep. And a lot of folks were like, oh, look at him, celebrity, ex-president, doing this and that and that and this. Um, but apparently, a lot of white folks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. <laughs> Y'all don't get off his dick. <laughs> Shit. Um, Let him live. There is a it. method. His beautiful ass wife. There is a method to the Obama's quote unquote supposed madness. They have bought this the rights. This is some of the best trolling. Yes. Oh, my God. They bought the rights to the fifth risk. By oh the God. author Michael Lewis to adapt for Netflix. The Fifth Risk is a book that is about how incompetent the mm. Trump presidential presidential administration is. Every department, every fuck up. <laughs> when I saw that, I was like, "No, no, they didn't. Come on, they weren't that petty." And I thought this. I, I was thought like, this was really fake. did that. That is hilarious. I thought that was completely fake. USA Me Today. Too. Because they're always so composed. Like, when they go low, we go high. I was uh-huh. like, they have let all that Chicago out now. <laughs> yeah. USA Today reviews the book, The Fifth uh, Fifth Risk, as a brilliant indictment of Trump and his appointees' foolhardy ignorance of what oh federal agencies God. actually do and how. I <laughs> see. So yeah, you know, it's only after you know that article. You know going to happen, though, now. Uh Trump is going to have the FCC go after Netflix because they produce <laughs> And they're going to they try to mess up Netflix's Suddenly, business There's going to be some aggressive you policing of you content on Netflix. And then they're going to get with their friends at uh, the, like, the big internet companies to slow Netflix down yep. so people can't watch it. Like, I think they're like, using too much bad bit. It's going to happen. <laughs> there's not enough room in the internet well, so they I can mean, see me. <laughs> Yeah, so here's the deal. After the article, I realized that I now have a new goal in life is, you know, to aspire to be that level of petty. Because <laughs> I um, mean, just perfect. What like, a what a move. And for that to be the what first the first one you announced. <laughs> yeah. Come on. They have so much they can do. They can make a movie out of her upcoming book. Yep. They're like, no, nah, literally gonna- anything, right. Latria, anything. <laughs> 
anything under the sun. But you decided to do this. Oh my god, it's so it's <laughs> you know, so wonderful. Can so wonderful. can our love for you two grow any stronger? <laughs> I just saw a picture of Barack Obama and Michelle sitting in the Abbott room watching. Oh, that's great. What do you think, Michelle? It's not a little bit more intense. Look, can you show him fall over five more times in, in sequence? <laughs> Can't wait. Can't fucking wait. <laughs> All right. Um, Netflix, speaking of Netflix, gave us a first look at um, former Superman actor Henry Cavill. As, I'm with it. As um, Geralt in The Witcher. It's just like a little camera test, I guess. He showed up with um with his um weave in, his white weave in, and looked at the camera a little bit. Oh, now God. people people have torn this whole thing apart because apparently in like the game and the books and stuff, he um with the um they have cat eyes apparently, and he don't have no kind of a cat eye. It doesn't even matter. Listen, well maybe he didn't have his matter. contacts in yet. It yeah exactly. That doesn't matter. What matters is that goddamn wig. <laughs> That wig, wig, literally, like, it's like a kabuki wig. What the shit? (laughs) It works for me. I don't know. It does something. It adds a little extra something to Henry Cavill. I don't know. It works. It reminds me of Orlando Bloom in Lord of the Rings. He had that same. It's probably the same wig. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. no, You're not going to do that. (laughs) No. That's not what you're going to do. I didn't. Let me Google. I'm not gonna do it. <laughs> please Google it. Please, please. I'm just because, concerned by his edges. His that, edges are that really wig. Strong. You know when you have a, you know when you have like a a piece of Lego and it's a Lego man and you take his <laughs> take his, his hair off. <laughs> That's what that wig is. That's what that is. It looks like you could literally put your hand on either side of of his forehead and just lift it off. <laughs> okay. You what know is what, going Ali, on here? I have Googled and my bad. You are right. Orlando's wig looks way more natural. <laughs> you can't even I mean, Latria, do you see any edges? Do <laughs> no, you, you don't. see any edges? You can't even tell this is not his hair. Oh wow. Exactly. Way, in fact, for in fact, for a long time, people who were not movie savvy thought that he grew out his hair. <laughs> for this I'm still with Henry Cavill in this hair though it's a look well now somebody tell me what the is this a video game it's it was I think it was Brandon first in a video game second but it's, it's both now. and then it turned into a video game yeah. so is he a witch he's like, no he is he's somebody who is yeah so basically um in this alternate alternate future there are um, basically a group of uh, mortals called witchers. And they're essentially um, people who are contracted um, by different people or villagers or cities or whatnot to basically come in and eradicate um, mythical dangerous creatures. So basically he's a, he's a mythical creature killer for hire. Uh Yeah. He's, he's a trumped up, um uh what do you call the orkin man he's pest control yeah <laughs> for your village okay. yeah the wig still works for me his chiseled jawline he's got that and his little butt chin. chin 
He's got that cleft chin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just, with it. I, Ali, you're just hating. Whatever. I will see. I will. I will wait because obviously, like we've we've talked about before, you know, a lot of times whenever they do a test, it's you know just to see what it looks like or whatever, and they they might say, hey. Let's tighten up this wig. Let's make it look a little bit more natural on his head. Let's do this. Let's do that. Maybe like people, people complaining online, oh, he's supposed to have cat eyes so he can see in the dark. You know, okay, fine. Sure. Whatever. But from, that's, that's, a, that's, that's fixed easily by contacts, like Latria said. It's fine. Right. right? And when is this so co- supposed to come out? Sometime next year. Have they even started production? Or? I think they literally started like this week or last week. Okay. Cause see, I mean, they, see, they still have time. They probably, somebody took this with their iPhone and was like, let's just put it up on Instagram. So they could, yeah. you know, they could fix, they have time to fix the wig. Yeah. And once they replace that person who clearly got fired, um, maybe <laughs> they can. Um, <laughs> oh, I would fire that person. <laughs> no, Netflix yeah. posted it. So they, they oh, yeah. might have filmed with an iPhone, but it's on a Netflix account. So. Well, yeah. It's just that's not how you introduce a character. Like that's not how you that's not how you entice me to watch your 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 show. Like no, that's not that's have him walk out in from the darkness into this this bulb that's above his head or something, and then uh, what? No. And Next. Fi- finally, in um in news. We talked about the name of Watts Game of Thrones prequel. I don't know much else beyond that, so I'll go into the next thing right quick. It's a uh, box office. I mean, yeah, honestly, that there's nothing much to comment on in that. I like Naomi Watts. Good luck, girl. Hope it's good. Um, right. Uh, so I didn't go see Bohemian Rhapsody this weekend because I was sort of like, do I? What do I? But apparently, everybody the fuck else did. It's about to make fifty million dollars opening weekend. Hmm. Mm, no, what? No, no, no. What's gonna be the drop off for next weekend? We'll find out. But apparently, you know, white folks are going to see this um, um, Freddie Mercury movie. And then you said it's PG thirteen. Let me double check that. Make sure I wasn't telling tales out of school. But I believe it was because people were complaining about it being rated. Mm. Um, yep, PG thirteen. Did they like stay away from the whole HIV? My understanding is that they handle his um, private life delicately, but they don't ignore it. Mm. I'm not sure if they go into his HIV, um, like contracting and then the death or anything like that. But like, they definitely do at least show that he dates men and women in the movie, which is more than I thought they would do. Because at first, it sounded like they were going to erase it all, period. And who made this? It's a Fox movie. Uh, oh, okay. Brian Singer was the original director. He stopped right. from work. He got fired. he went cray cray. Yeah. <laughs> and Rami Malek was like, "Oh heck no!" Rami Malek was, I, heard, <laughs> I understand he threw some electrical equipment at that nigga. <laughs> right. He got Rami got on the phone with Apple Care and was like, "Let me tell you what's not yeah. gonna happen." Because he was there at work at like 7 o'clock in the morning to get all that goddamn Freddie Mercury makeup put on. Nick, Nick um, fucking Brian Singer didn't show up. He's like, "What we ain't gonna do." <laughs> it's this right dude can you imagine that you sit there for hours yeah and wasn't it like then, weeks that he didn't show up it was it was days like fox days. didn't play it for that long it's like a couple Ew. of days yeah dude You're, that's crazy this is your movie would, what are you doing yeah he claimed that he told him you after sitting in a and then but fox was like he didn't say shit to us we fired him right yeah. Yeah, that's 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 crazy, man. Like the fact that you it's so unprofessional and the thing about it is too is like 
you have people who are depending on you for stuff. So people have gotten, they've gotten there because obviously you're, if you're the director, you know, you have the liberty, you can show up um, late, but everybody else has to show up hours before you because they have to prepare everything right. because they know that if you show up on set and things aren't prepared, you're going to start um, cutting heads, right? Mm-hmm. Including the makeup people who have to sit there and do his makeup. And, and of course, you know, the actor itself, who, himself who has to sit there and endure all of this. I mean, he's sitting there for hours in a chair, listening to music and or on his Kindle. And then you don't, and for you to not show up, what am I supposed to do with all this damn makeup? Go on the street to Starbucks? <laughs> right. <laughs> Apparently it's made $123 million worldwide, so it's going to make money. Oh, wow. As well. How and much did it cost to make, do you know? Let me see. I'm sure the budget is in here, but like it, it can't be that expensive. I think it was like 50 Mm. I had it up when I had the other thing. Let me jump back over to that. Um, but yeah, like it's yeah, I think it's fifty. I remember reading that because like, you know, they still don't spend a lot of money on anything that's not, you know, there's no action superheroes and they get scared. But right. I'll make sure that's ready right now. As soon as it pulls up on the Wikipedia. But I also want to say number two, which they thought was gonna be number one, is the Nutcracker and the Four Realms, the Disney film. I wanna see that so bad. Right well, it looks no. You know, honestly, I don't care about reviews anymore because I feel like if it's something I want to see, I'm gonna see it. Right. So, because a lot of stuff I like, people are like, "Oh my god, that was horrible." Uh, so it's just kind of like I don't really go off reviews that much anymore. But what are they saying? They're saying this boy. I see what you. I see what you mean. But basically, like, like, yeah, like, like when I've. That's what I said. Mm. When I see a movie trailer like when I see a movie trailer like The Nutcracker, mm-hmm. it's it's to me, Latria, it's it's all sugar. That's all it is. It's, yeah, and it's it's nostalgic. It's, just all flash. it's, like it's, a, it's a holiday film essentially. So so if you thought I never looked at this trailer and thought, ooh, there's a really interesting story here, it's all I see is just all I see is just a lot of sprinkles, a lot of flash, yeah. flashy CGI, <laughs> CGI everywhere. People, people dancing, people leaping from roofs, you know, musical numbers, awesome right. costumes. It's a, it's a, it's a movie to show off the other parts of the movie department that you and don't typically Missy Copeland is in it, so that's why I really want to see it too. Yeah, I, I did want to see it. The reviews deterred me. That's why I didn't go see it. But it's number two at the box office. It's making twenty million this week. Yeah. yeah. And, and also Christmas. that little girl was Renesmee in Twilight, so. Oh, you yeah, like the lead the lead actress? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I might go see it at some point, but it won't be I, So what were they saying? It was the CGI or like something? like basically they were saying that like you said it was it was boring. It was boring that it's too close to like Disney's version. Who wrote these? Like old white men? Of course it's boring to you, John. <laughs> Sit out, <laughs> <Not Patrick. John. laughs> my gosh it's not for you <laughs> Patrick <laughs> Troy number three is the uh... Jesus Austin <laughs> wow <laughs> number three is the Tyler Perry uh, Nobody's Fool with, T- with Tika Sumter and Tiffany Haddish but yeah like the c- consistency on um, Nutcracker is that it looks nice like, um, but it doesn't have a st- good story in that it feels hollow. And that's sort of kind of the reviews. I yeah, read. it's substance. There's, there's no substance. All flash and no bang. Right. Mm. I mean, no, sorry, no, all flash and no substance behind it. Nothing. Like a sugar plum fairy, which I 
think would. But that's pretty much all. But that's but that's that's pretty much all. Big, those kind of big budget CGI Christmas movies. It's always it's always ooh, come to see all the pretty pretty things and ignore the fact that we have absolutely nothing for any of the characters to do because they their plots are all shallow and there's this yeah. Well, it's an excuse to employ kids don't care. You know, so, <laughs> yeah, kids yeah, kids won't care about that. Like you take your children to watch this movie. So so Latria is in a in a sense right about the whole reviews. It's like why do you care about these reviews when it's my children I'm going to see this movie with? I don't care about the cracker, but I damn sure will take my seven year old to see this or my eight year old to see A lot of people don't know this, apparently. They haven't marketed it very well, even though they tried to market. But the MPAA rating system turned 50 years old last week. Uh, November the 1st, 1968 was the first week that they released ratings for movies. Of course, you know, now we've been living them so long, they're sort of kind of, you know, just like something we take, not only for granted, but something that we just accept as, you know, that's a thing that's always happened. And we did a show back in was it I don't know if it was January it was January of this year I think it was with the Cinnabon podcast where we went over the history of the rating system you know at you know from when in the thirties it's just everything was basically a G it had to be you know there was no um, there was no sex very little violence no <clears throat> misogyny no 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 misog no, miscegenation I mean there was definitely misogyny. That's what I meant to say, miscegenation. Um, when they um trying to think when it was when they challenged it. it had to be in the fifties at some point. They made start making things about Oh yeah, because like when they made imitation of life, they had to make sure they said that the father was always just a light, 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 light skinned black man. Never a white man. Yeah. Um and so in the 1950s, or in other countries, they started making these more provocative movies, you know, and started experimenting with the art of cinema. And people in America were like, we want to do that. But the um, Hayes Code office said, no, you know, we have to make sure we're making, you know, pristine Eisenhower proper movies, you know, that will not offend our white sensibilities. And by the 60s, people were saying, fuck that. We're putting the movies out anyway without the seal of approval from the um, production code, Hayes Code Office. And they're still going to make money. Like some of them like more like, so I think Psycho, they approved, but they had to cut like some frames of Janet Lee's breasts out the movie when she got stabbed in the shop with Norman Bates. Spoiler alert for a 50-something-year-old movie you should have seen already. Um, <laughs> uh but I believe it was Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf was one of the first major Hollywood movies that sort of kind of really, really pushed their buttons. And as far as like talking about like like sexual situations and using um, profanity and things like that, that in a movie called Blow Up that MGM put out, which um, that which didn't get approval at all, but they put it out anyway, which frightened the MPAA because you know the whole thing of if they're putting a movie out anyway without our seal of approval on it means that we're worthless and so they decided to come up with the rating system where they would watch they have a board that will watch each movie a board of made a, supposedly of a typical group of American parents they will watch each movie they would vote on a rating 
and they would present that rating to the film producer, and they can either accept it, appeal it, or try to re-edit the movie and get a new rating. And so, the first movies that were rated came out in 1968, November 1st. Among them was the Monkeys movie, Head. Has anybody else seen that besides me? No. So... Head is oh, and I have seen Head. I have. Yeah, like, like, yeah. And you know how it makes no fucking sense, right? Yeah. The whole mm-hmm. thing looks like they shot it on acid, and I think they actually yeah. did shoot it on acid. Um, yeah. And it got a G. And I was like, <laughs> bitch, because it was the monkeys. <laughs> I don't think they even watched that. Said, like, oh, the monkeys. We ain't watching the shit. G. Right. They gave it a G. <laughs> Cause I, right. Because there are certain theaters that still put like nobody under eighteen admitted on that movie. So it took a while before people sort of kind of got to like accepting the ratings as the actual ratings because, you know, it was still new. So the, at first they had G, M, R, and X. G was still G. M was what we think of as PG nowadays. They changed it from M to GP, which meant, um, uh, I guess, I'm supposed to say parent guy suggested, but for some reason it was GP, but they've switched it to PG. Instead of GP, GP, are you with me? Oh yeah, we got you. And R, which you know means that nobody under sixteen comes to the movie. That eventually got raised to seventeen in nineteen seventy. And then X, which means that nobody who was like um, originally nobody under sixteen could come in in nineteen seventy changed to nobody under seventeen could come in. I think now it's nobody under. No, it's still under seventeen because now it's mm-hmm. NC seventeen because they forgot to trademark the X. So the um, the pornography people took that and ran with it. Uh, <laughs> so in nineteen ninety they changed it to N C seventeen. And you know so What's like the last N C seventeen movie that was in the theaters. Uh, they don't make very many of them anymore. Most movie theaters that we go to are owned by big chains. They refuse to show N C seventeen movies mm. for okay. fear of offending the patrons. Like it has to be like a like a it, like the uh, Midtown Art Cinema in Atlanta might show you N C N C seventeen right. every gotcha. now and then. But yeah, it's been a minute since I even thought of one that's been released in the theaters. Because uh, usually you try to get them down to an R by either by editing them or begging the MPAA rating system people. Or just give it to HBO. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or just Showtime. give it to HBO. Right. Or Showtime or Cinemax. <laughs> yeah. In, 1980, in 1980s, the early 80s, they released three movies that basically pissed off parent groups enough to where they started protesting the rating system and asking for changes. They were Poltergeist in 82. Uh, the Gremlins in 84 and Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom in 84. These movies all got Indiana PGs. Mm-hmm. These movies all got PGs, but they felt like they were too violent to get those PGs. Okay, Poltergeist and Gremlins. Yeah, because I still don't even fuck with them Gremlins. Like I, but Indiana Jones? Indiana Jones. Mm. That's odd. There's the whole Ark of the Covenant, the face melts off, all that kind of stuff. Okay, oh. see, obviously, I know that was, yeah, maybe. <laughs> I'm just thinking of like when he's running from that big old like ball, and I'm like, how is that? <laughs> <You're doing ball. laughs> how is that? So, Steven Spielberg, who of course produced Indiana Jones, he suggested to the MPAA they try to put, introduce a intermediate rating between PG and R because he felt like the jump from one to the other was too high. Mm-hmm. And that if you get an R and you have a movie that you want kids to attend, like Indiana Jones, you know, that lessens your box office because, you know, like the key marker for a very long time in movie theaters was teenagers in high school because, you know, they go hang out at the movie theater and the they had disposable income and disposable time. Mm. So they introduced PG-13 in 1984. 
And um, Red Dawn was the first PG-13 movie. And so now we have the racism that we know of basically today. So for their 50th anniversary, the MPAA ratings board has released... All the NC-17 movies. In the movie theater. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, they didn't do that. <laughs> uh, what they did do was they released a um, uh, basically like a little press kit about the ratings. Let me pull it up right here. I gotta open on my phone. Let me actually. I'm gonna copy and paste it so everybody else can follow along as well. And make sure that it pulls up first. Well, the first thing that they released was the fact that, like, uh, the breakdown of the numbers of how many movies of each type had been released, which was the thing that shocked me the most. Like, apparently, like, and I don't know where they are, like, the vast majority of movies that come out since they started rating have all been ours. Mm. More than half of them. I'm pulling it up right now. The article had a picture of Deadpool, of course, because, you know, reasons. Uh, <laughs> uh, you guys remember South Park, the movie? Yes. yes. Yeah, that's that one was kind of notorious. I put the link inside the um, in the rundown. I put it all on top of the um, the MPAA link in the rundown. Can you repost the rundown? Because I think because I logged in late, it's not in my chat. OK, I'll, I could put it. I'm putting it in right now. Thank you. Uh, no problem. But yeah, so the South Park movie basically challenged the MPAA rating system to try to make the hardest art they could possibly make. They kept, they, I think they sent it back and forth like a, at least 10 times. It's probably more, but they kept trying to figure out what they could and couldn't say and still get an R. Mm. And it being a cartoon too, they're probably like, uh. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Like, they put out a whole bunch of like, old press releases from the um, when they first started the rating system, all that kind of stuff, and sort of kind of like descriptions of the rating system over the years and posters and stuff. Like you might go to the movie theater and see like the poster that explains the ratings. Mm-hmm. Um, like some of the old ones that are still there. But the main thing they put out is this little pamphlet that sort of kind of has data. A lot of it is them basically trying to market themselves. They're trying to... Cause I don't know if you guys remember, they made a movie in 2006, a documentary called... This film is not yet rated. Where yep. they asked for permission to try to figure out what the ratings were like because it was made by um, Kirby Dick, who was an indie producer who had a lot of friends whose movies were getting NC 17s and they weren't be able to appear like the big studios were. And so he wanted to try to help him by figuring out what was going on behind the scenes. Because like a lot of like the bias was against, you know, LGBTQ themed movies. Any movie that involved a woman getting sexual pleasure versus a man. Like, one movie got NC-17 just because a woman's orgasm was too long, apparently, in their opinion. Really? Yes. Um, anything wow. that involved That's not sexist at all. Oh, yeah. <laughs> anything that involved kinks, the movie Eyes Wide Shut, if you see mm-hmm. it, like, it has black boxes just randomly put over... Like some of the scenes, because like the people are doing like you know like like leather work and all that kind. I of remember stuff. hearing all the controversy about that movie. Yeah, and out. at the time, the lady who was the ratings um, um, board um, chairman was Joan Graves. She still has that job. She's sitting right here in her new wig in this in this in this um. <laughs> <laughs> wow. wow. 
It's either a wig or a die job. She got to be like pushing. She said, what turnover? <laughs> I'm staying put. <laughs> I'm, uh, she she effie white at that shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So over the years, ever since they've been rating movies in 68, um, there have been 29,791 movie total films that have been rated. Of those, 17,202 of them have been rated R. That is well over. It's like. That's damn near 60%. Um, 4,913 rated PG-13. That's sort of kind of like more like a 15%. 5,578 of them been rated PG or M or GP. That's more like a little bit closer to like a 20%. And then uh, 1,574 have been rated G. It's more like a 5%, if that. And then 524 have been rated X or NC-17. That's like a little blip on the um, pie chart. <laughs> like, I find that interesting. So you think about the movie theaters, like, especially right. now, like, you don't see that many R-rated movies in the movie theaters. You see some, but like, not, I'm guessing a lot of these are indie films that don't play as wide. Yeah. And I feel like PG-13 has really been like pushing the limit. Mm-hmm. It's just edging closer and closer to R anyway. Yeah. yeah. I agree. And remember how nowadays, like, there are some of those PG-15 movies where they let they let an F-bomb slip as long as it's just one. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. right. Yeah. They practically are in. Or they let, yeah, or they let, they let um, shit be said multiple times nowadays. Oh, yeah, you can say shit as many times as you want to. You can go shit, 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 and still get a PG-13. Well, I think censorship overall of, quote-unquote, illicit content or, you know, certain words whether it be movies or television like on t- tv I, you know i was thinking about the other day I was like they need to change or not change but i need to revisit that that seven words you can't say on tv bit by george carlin because they pretty much say all of them words on tv now yeah they do oh yeah like on the magicians on sci-fi they say dick yeah, but I was they, like, "Wait a minute, what time is it? Is it <laughs> the only <laughs> thing that they don't I know say?" Clock, but I was like, "Hold." The only thing they don't let go still is shit, but they let bitch ass. They oh shit and fuck. Shit, they you don't can let. say on cable. They say shit okay. on. They say shit on on Grownish. But on um, shoot on they bitch um, ass all that you say on just regular TV, and then even like I mean nobody really buys a lot of CDs and stuff no more. But my kids were very shocked when I was playing. I think I was playing D'Angelo or something the other day, which is weird that he had a censorship thing on there. But they were like, "Well, what's that?" And I was like, "Oh, like they didn't even know what the censorship thing was." Oh so, shit! I didn't realize yeah. that because kids have never seen a little sticker. <laughs> they've never seen. The, they've never seen the sticker. They so, have. They have never had to stop buying CDs at Walmart because they automatically censor. I used right. to. Yeah. They never had. They, they never had their mama put their CD back. <laughs> I was like, "Damn you, Walmart! I am grown. Let me get my Christmas." I was like, "You know what? Best not target it is." Or know. when you when you made your Christmas list of CDs you wanted, and your mama told you all the ones she wasn't gonna get because they all had the little sticker on there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this is probably all subjects to really change. Like I wouldn't be surprised if they just did eliminate. PG thirteen because I mean these days that that leap that Spielberg was talking about is not really you know existing anymore. We're desensitized at this point, right? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. you know parents be cussing um, kids out. <laughs> They're used to um, it. to about the TV stuff though. Um, isn't there a certain time? Didn't there used to be a certain time of night where after that you could see 
or pro, uh, or show certain like things. It was after ten. Was after, after nine 10. or ten? Eight, eight to ten is considered family viewing hour. Right. On so the old on the networks back in the day. So after ten, you could say like bitch and like and damn. Well, and that hell. has went up to eight. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, that, that went up to seven. Uh, that that gone, right. That has gone. Yes, I remember. I remember in the in the late two thousands, I was watching a show on uh, TNT called Wanted, and it showed up after ten. And I remember that at the time, I was like, TNT never, TNT never goes like any does anything crazy because it's TNT. But then for the first time, I was watching this show. It's a cop show, and the people were saying shit all the time. And I was like. Is this really TNT? What's going on here? Why no, are they, you know when I realized it when I um start when I was watching Nip Tuck, that was the first mm-hmm. time where I was FX. like, oh, I was like, cable has changed because you know they would show like whole ass cheeks on Nip Tuck, like like mm, yeah. like men. I've never Tuck. seen them show like a men's butt cheeks before, and I was just like, wait, wait a minute, is this cable? Like, yeah, that show went far, and I was like, okay. Things have changed. Right. And they can get get away with it because of the subject matter, because it's all about plastic surgery. Yeah, so Charles Rivkin is the current CEO of the NPAA. Used to be uh, Jack Valenti for a very long time, the old man. That old man who thought would never die, as you always saw when they talk about ratings stuff. And this document actually is helpful because, like, they explain a lot more than they've ever explained about these ratings. Like, they talk about apparently so... Any so like they try to break down a little bit better for people what the ratings are, what gets you a PG thirteen or a PG or whatever. So apparently, any drug use gets you a PG thirteen automatically. Period. And I think they fit they they like do it where if it's a cautionary tale like Ray is, it's Ray's PG thirteen. You know he shoots up like every five minutes in the movie. If it's a cautionary tale, they're more lenient than if it is just you know somebody just you know doing cocaine or whatever just because. Like anything more than brief nudity requires a PG thirteen at least, but it can't be sexual nudity. It has to be like as comedic. Oh, my pants are down. Nudity. Interesting. Uh, so, so, so like, like Revenge of the Nerds or all that shit in the eighties. Yeah. So I think all oh, those are ours, okay. but that was before PG thirteen anyway. Like, uh, there may be depictions of violence in a PG thirteen movie, but generally not both realistic and extreme or persistent violence. Oh, that's just the news. <laughs> Pretty much. A film's <laughs> single use of one of the harsher sexually derived words, though only as an expletive, initially requires at least a PG-13 rating. Typically, more than one such expletive requires an R rating, as must even one of those words used in a sexual context. We talk about this, basically. You know, you can say, oh, fuck this. Or perfect example is the hate you give. Uh, slight spoiler, not really, but I mean, like the name of the movie is "The Hate You Give" because it's based around Tupac's Thug Life Tattoo, which stands for "The Hate You Give Little Infants Fucks Everybody," and that's sort of the theme of the movie and the theme of the story. And they say it spelled out once. Well, I think, I think, I think, I think, I think Shante told me they said it twice. They might have got a special disposition because of the theme, but the rest of the movie they say. Uh, the hate you give a little if it's F's everybody because it's a PG-13 movie because they need kids to go see it because it's about kids. And so apparently this year they say that 563 movies were turned in for ratings. Only five of them um, were filed for appeals. 
because they're trying to basically say that people don't appeal too often. And one was overturned. That one that was overturned was Clint Eastwood's 1517 to Paris, which got an R, and then they gave him a PG-13 after he begged for it, apparently, with his racist ass talking to a damn chair. And they go through other situations in the past, apparently, like, um, y'all remember the movie Bully? Uh-uh. So it was a movie basically like about bullying and um, apparently there's a lot of cursing and stuff. So they gave it an R and then Harvey Weinstein, who was the producer of the movie, was very angry about this and said it should get a PG-13 so that kids could go see it. And apparently called everybody the MPAA um, everything but a child of God. You know, well, now he is without a job and hopefully without freedom soon. But, you know. <laughs> yeah, funny how that shit works out. Right, right. Not even you can escape it. <laughs> right, and they have in here like a sample, like like a a raider for a day story, like by people they bring in rent by their randomly to see how it's like to rate movies. They interview the raiders who work there, but they don't give them by name. They only give the names of the three senior raiders who are. I believe one of them. All right, so it's like a black dude, a white dude, and a white woman. Who are the three senior ratings that they give names to? Um, Mario Mugen, Scott Young, and Tracy Downs. Bar- Bar- Tracy Downs, Barile. Everybody else is Raider number eight, Raider number four, that sort of thing. Because they're supposed to be anonymous, so that people don't go. You know, so that uh, who who would do that shit? Who's who's volatile person? So that Lee Daniels will show up to somebody's house. Like, why you give my movie NC seventeen? That's the idea by keeping them anonymous, apparently. But they're supposed to all have kids, and they found out when they made a documentary, some of them don't have kids, or their kids are fully fucking grown. The idea is supposed to have children, like school-aged children, because the whole point of the racism is they you trying to figure out what is appropriate for school-aged children to see. But, I don't know. Like, And there's this weird thing with movies that has been going on late, which will be the second part of our discussion today. So, uh, have you guys noticed, and this is something that people are worried about with this whole Disney Fox acquisition, that Disney does not make R-rated films anymore at all, period. Right. When did they make, what R-rated films did they make? Oh, they made Under a their bunch. other studios? Because, like, they they um they have an imprint called Touchstone Pictures, which I'm sure you guys have seen that logo. Okay, yeah. It's okay, yeah. The little light that comes across and it flat turns into a, a lightning bolt. Right, right, right. Um, I didn't realize that was Disney. Yeah, they they did that on purpose. If you watch the movies, you don't ever, you never see the name Disney on any of their prints. It always says distributed by Buena Vista Pictures Distribution Company. That Buena Vista is the street that um, the Disney studio that Disney, was on. Yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Never knew so that, that means Latria. That means Latria that it worked. Right. Could have fooled me. I didn't yeah. know. Among the Touchstone movies that. People wouldn't realize our Disney films are a pretty woman. <gasps> what? A prostitute? Yes, a prostitute. <laughs> Three men and Although a baby. She's, she's a prostitute with a heart of gold. Mm. Yeah. Uh, What's a working love? woman, yep. mm-hmm. not prostitute. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yep. What's love got to do with it? Oh, <gasps> so Disney created that fake. <laughs> <Disney>? Oh. <laughs> uh, the preacher's wife. I mean, that's. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's that's a standard Disney fair. Yeah, um, I didn't know that was R. That it's, was it's R. A, it's a PG. It's a PG thirteen. 
Oh, okay. Oh, I was about to say. Why, why is it even that? Why is it PG-13? I think because Cordy B. Vance cusses out Denzel at one point in the movie. Remember, he he burns the Bible. No, no, because that was on the Disney Channel. Brandon, no <laughs> Wait, way. Let me check. Let me because check. That was on the that, yeah, I, I come think on. it showed up. ABC Family or Freeform. Oh, it's yeah, a PG? Drink? It's a PG. Never mind. My bad. Okay, I was going to say, is it because they got the juke joint? I swear to That is the purest movie ever. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, sitting there holding that baby it dog. Showed on the, it showed on the family on the actual network. Like it actually showed on Disney Channel. So there's no way that could have been. Saying, I was going to say, did they rate it for wow. stuff Whitney did behind the scenes? That's not right. <laughs> <laughs> right. The outtakes. Right. <laughs> That's not fair. Oh, Lord. Uh, what else? Uh, the Sixth Sense is a Hollywood Pictures movie, I think. Not, but there's wow. Um, oh, I like that. That's the only M night. So, so Brandon, are you saying that none of those imprints exist anymore? They own, well, they shut them down when Bob Iger became CEO of Disney. When Michael Eisner quit, Bob Iger came in. Bob Iger comes from television. He ran ABC for like years, decades, and he saw how little money that quote unquote regular movies were making. Like your average, I have a script, a director, a couple of actors. This is a story. We're making it. Like your regular original movie where it's rated PG-13 or R. And he said, this is a terrible business. Let's stop making all of these. So now, do you see Disney? They only make like branded franchisable movies. Like comic book. Comic book adaptations from Marvel. That's why they bought Marvel. Because Marvel has set up their their shit and they realized how much money they can make from that. They bought Pixar. Wait, when did they buy Marvel? When did that start? 2009. They bought them in 2009. They brought them in in 10. So it started with Iron Man? Iron, no, I, they put out Iron Man by themselves. Iron Man's a pair, when they released it through Paramount, but they made it themselves. They actually went to Merrill Lynch, borrowed money. It was a whole thing. If they, if Iron Man had flopped, Merrill Lynch would own all the Marvel characters. <laughs> that was the oh, deal. Wow. So Iron Man, Incredible Hulk, they made by themselves. I think they had already shot. They, 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 Iron Man 2, they they shot. That's when they bought them while they were making Iron Man 2. Oh. Captain America, they were working on it when they got bought. Because that's how they got Alan Minkin to write. Because Alan Minkin writes all the Disney songs. Alan Minkin wrote the Captain America theme song. And then the Avengers is the first one they released through Disney. Okay, I'm just trying to figure out like when, at what point Disney took over. Yeah. And like, so all their live action stuff now is all either remakes of the classic Disney films or franchisable books. Or like stories that are based on books that might be like they try to make was the Alexander and the very bad, the terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. Oh, they don't they have it? Is it two movies out with that, or is it just one? It was just one because it didn't do well. Oh, okay. Um, every now and then they make like something that comes out in January, like a sports movie or a war movie or like Queen of Cotway. You mm-hmm. know, it was a Disney film, which is underrated. So good. I saw that in the theater. I was I was three people in the theater with me. It was very good. And I was so very good. mad that people didn't go see it. So, me too. Um, but yeah, but that's why they don't, they, cause like for them, R rated movies don't have the return on investment that a family oriented or a family accessible movie like a Avengers film has. So well, probably, it is probably because they're coming from it at an angle of like being family oriented people. Like y'all need to hire some gritty people to do these R rated movies. Right. And, and it might actually work. Yeah, I think it was Jerry Bruckheimer who begged them to let him make some R-rated films on the touchdown. Yeah, let him do no. some. They oh, said okay. No. They, they did I put they out... like they're broke, so... Yeah. They, oh, yeah, they're definitely not broke. But they did use Touchstone to put out some of the DreamWorks live-bashing movies. Like, The Help is theirs. 
Because yeah. it's a DreamWorks movie. They released the help. Which is that means it's a literal <laughs> and figurative Disney version of Civil Rights. Yeah, um, yes. I, a few of those are rated R, like the Fifth Estate about uh, uh, one, of, one of these people, one of these hacker boys. Uh, that was rated R. And they also so Touchstone out, does not exist at all. No, it doesn't yeah. exist at all. Like um, huh. they basically. Okay, so what's left? Well, there's Disney live action, Disney animation, there's Pixar animation, and there's Marvel Studios, and there's Lucasfilm. Okay, but like in like all studios, like what? So MGM, does oh, MGM oh. exists. Oh yeah. So the big, I think it's the big five now. When it's might be the big six. So there's Disney, there's Warner Brothers, there's Paramount Pictures, there's Universal, and there's Fox. Of course. By this time next year, Disney will own Fox, the studio, Fox. not the whole company. What's Lionsgate under? Is that Paramount? Oh no, Lionsgate is is a is what they call under a, Tyler a, Perry a, Studios. Is what they call a, a stop. <laughs> Lionsgate is what they call a mini major. Like MGM is also because yeah, MGM it's I, not a big it's not yeah, a big one. Yeah, MGM went went through bankruptcy in 2010, and they came out of it smaller. Basically, like they put all their movies out now through other companies. That's why uh, the James Bond movies get put out through Sony now. Like because they can't afford to pay for the movies themselves, and um, Barbershop Three, if y'all remember, that came out through Warner Brothers through uh, New Line Cinema, which Warner Brothers owns. That's why I'm gonna say who was New Line because you know yeah. it's, Holly- yeah. it's Halloween, so that's all I've been thinking about is Freddy Krueger. Freddy Krueger. Yeah, New Line used to be because New Line and Warner Brothers are both part of Tom. We're both part of Time Warner. And then they made the Golden Compass. The Golden Compass flopped terribly, so Warner. So New Line was put under Warner Brothers as like a. A sub label. They still have their own like studio, but they have to report to Warner Brothers. Well, you know why this conversation endears itself to my heart? Because Pixar is is Richmond, California's greatest greatest export, except for Master P. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, That's it is the greatest like, thing that we put out into the world. How, how close is Emeryville <laughs> to Richmond? Like, is it a, is... oh Emeryville is only like. Five to ten minutes away, depending on where you come yeah. from. Because Pixar, you started out in some like office buildings in Richmond, and then they moved when they started making to Emeryville. Yeah, and then they're like in this huge lot that you can't really, you don't even know it's there. It's like behind the casino and the Kentucky Fried Chicken. <laughs> but you 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 know it's there when a movie come out because you can't get down them streets. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like that's why they don't make. R-rated movies anymore. People are worried because they're buying Fox. You know, Fox makes what it wants to make, basically. Like, you know, they make R-rated movies. Uh, Bohemian Rhapsody isn't one of them. Um, <laughs> that's PG-13. It shouldn't be. But Deadpool is. And so people are worried about what's going to happen with Deadpool, what's going to happen with, like, your average regular-ass, you know, Fox movie that's rated R if it comes out. You know, but they make any more horror movies. People are kind of tired of the whole PG-13 horror movie trope and things like that. But, you know, Bob Iger's been kind of a little bit coy about the whole... He said they'll make more Deadpools that are rated R. I'll believe it when I see them. Maybe maybe this buying Fox is them, like, attempting to turn over a new leaf or change with the times, I guess. That's what I was hoping for, too. That Hopefully, was, but yeah. I mean, I don't know. People get so set in their ways, mm-hmm. you never know. Yeah, but that doesn't make sense. You can't have. A, you can't have. I, I'm. I would be surprised if if he if they did not continue just making the the rated R movies, the the movie franchise, continue on franchises that were rated R, just continue making you know more of their sequels or whatever right. that are R. Because it's like you can't just take a movie franchise or you can't just take something that's already existing and just all of a sudden start cranking out PG thirteen versions of that. No one's gonna show up. Right. People are gonna be like, hey, this is the war done version of what we what what we Rambo, love. rated R. Why would I go 
Oh God. Oh well, yeah. <laughs> no, Rainbow Raiders yeah. PG thirteen. My bad. Yeah. yeah. So is the yeah? Fox can you imagine? It'll just be Nerf guns. Yeah, <laughs> Nerf. Oh my God! Like Apple replacing the gun with that water gun. <laughs> Not emoji. Yeah, <laughs> the emoji. Yeah. I know. Instead of instead of gunfire, it would just be pew 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 pew. <laughs> That's somebody actually in microphone saying pew 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 pew. But yeah, Latrice, you about to ask? Are they keeping the Fox name? They're yeah, buying so, it from them, so they they have the right to use it. Okay, because I was wondering. I mean, because what they could do is just like they could still keep the name and then just let that be their R-rated portion right. of like their studio, and then have all the cute, you know, Toy Story and Cars mm-hmm. with Disney and stuff. Yeah, I mean, that's what. But they probably don't want to have to like deal with two different names or something. I don't know. Well, no, they're they're supposed to be keep. They're keeping the Fox. They're renting the Fox lot from Fox for seven years. Oh, okay. Too. Uh-huh. So I mean, like. I'm assuming yeah, they could do. And plus they got like Fox has shit that they've been they've been working on for years. Like Avatar movies are coming out from Fox. Child. <laughs> I was excited about Avatar two, three, and four when the original Avatar came out. It's been like twenty years. I don't forgot. I don't care about these blue people no more. Like that just, shit was just too freaky lost, for me. I lost interest. I loved it when it came out, but it's like James, you literally have made me wait almost twenty years. He sure has. It's like it's been and so. Then you're fun. telling me, like all the all three movie names. I don't care. Why <laughs> oh, they put uh, the names yeah, out finally? Yeah. I even look. I I just saw he he started working on part four or five. I'm like, girl, like, put out part two I, or three. Right. <laughs> like, I would put and part We've two. had like so many other sci-fi, like great sci-fi movies that have come out since then. It's mm-hmm. like you're not the innovator anymore. Like nope. other people. Have yeah, done it. you're so not the, gonna. So the spark you're really spark. gonna. Like if he had done this maybe like two years after the original came out, okay, cool. But like, dude, we have been there, done that, and come back around. So. <laughs> We don't need it. He's if you're you're really not gonna come out here with part two of Colonizer of um, Ferngully. Like it just, <laughs> it's just <laughs> not, it's not gonna do. It's not gonna fly. It's like, not. I need for you to to be a little bit more a little bit more subtle. Have a you know better story because that mm, that movie is so overrated. Like mm, it it got hyped because of the the new technology that was used to to film and to view it, it was in 3D, but like, come on you need part two but yeah yeah but no no we want so i was saying like no you should have you should have like latria said you should have um followed up quickly with something now you've caught our eyes keep the hype follow up with a, a another movie soon but no no i don't even james cameron like dude i don't even no <laughs> honestly i don't even associate james cameron with avatar anymore like, <laughs> like we, have, we have literally forgotten about it it's been so long i gotta look up and see when that came out oh no i think they're it? even saying that wow I, it feels like it's been way longer than nine years i know they're saying that sigourney weaver is gonna be in four one five. of the other parts and i'm like he does Host Sigourney Weaver, she died. Didn't she turn into a tree? <laughs> no, she Maybe the tree started walking <laughs> in three dimensions. She, she is dead, guys. Dead, you dead. You know what this is going to do? This is going to bring back up people talking about how bad of an actor Sam Worthington is, which I didn't get. I thought he was good in the movie, but people hated him. I think I remember that. And that movie, what was it like, Man on the Ledge or something? Oh my God, they hated him. Oh, the entire movie like, shot where it's just a guy on a ledge. So yes, and I was like, I don't see it. Maybe because he has that 
Maybe it was because of his cute Australian accent that I was just blind. <laughs> but I was I like, saw I like, chill I like movie, him. Man. <laughs> um, and the other thing that's affecting R-rated movies, just all of the studios, is the fact that China has now become the number two movie market in the world. And for some movies, like, for example, hmm. Warcraft and what's the um, rock movies this year? Skyscraper. Some movies make more money in China than they do in America. And the Chinese folks don't play none of this R-rated shit. Well, they, I mean, they get their internet monitored, so. Yeah. Like, every, they, they only recently opened up, like, the, like, quota of American films that they are allowed to the country to where they've been able to become a reliable source of income for these studios when they put out big budget films. And they often re-edit the movies. They might film new scenes and put Chinese folks into the movie. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah, yeah. Iron Man, was Iron Man 3, I think it was? They filmed new scenes, yeah. Like Chinese studios will add in their own stuff. Oh no, no, like no, like Marvel or Disney. No, no, no. Oh, okay. I thought you Marvel and Disney will basically bootleg in the movie and add. No way. (laughs) Marvel and Marvel Disney will will literally think forward and be like, okay, we know we're gonna sell um sell this to the Chinese market. We're gonna film extra scenes that we're not gonna put into the U.S. release of this movie. Yep. Perfect example. Deadpool yeah. 2 is there right now reshooting Deadpool 2, like big chunks of it, because it didn't get approved. Okay. Explain that to me again. Right. Why on earth you are literally redoing a movie like that has already come out? Because they feel like they can make money in China, like a lot of money. And they also, Fox also, since they moved, uh, what's his face, uh, X-Men Dark Phoenix and everything else out of this year, they don't have a tentpole for the um, holiday season. So they're like, we'll re-release Deadpool 2 as a PG-13 with new scenes of Deadpool reading the story to Fred Savage in bed. Oh, um, which is a reference to some like 80s movie that Fred Savage made when he was a kid, apparently. I'm not sure which one. Um, I, I, I can see it in my mind's eye, but I can't think of what it is. Little but Monsters yeah. or something like that, I think it might be. Probably. Yeah. Uh, but like, so they're going to put that out and that way they're trying to get Chinese approval for the movie that way because that is really important for them to get that box office in case the movie flops in America. So is it coming out again in America mm-hmm. in PG-13 as well? Yep. Um, Who's going to go pay? Who, why would you go see that PG-13 when you've already seen it? And so is it on DVD as an R-rated movie? I literally write in my hand ooh, ooh, my I literally have, have in my hand right now a Deadpool 2 <laughs> Blu-ray so are they still going to keep on like distributing that as R as well as PG-13? Yes. On DVD both? Okay. Okay, as long as they don't like cut you off from like getting the original one. Right. I guess. But who's going to go see it like again? I'm, I'm, I'm thinking people will go. It's coming out the same week that uh, Aquaman and Bumblebee and Mary Poppins comes out. And I'm sure there's people out there who don't want to see out of those three. They'll go see Deadpool 2 over again. But I just, I mean, maybe it's just because I don't like my stuff censored because I'm grown. But I'm just like, why would I pay to go see this and have it censored when I can get all my curse words? Right, and all the sex and jokes. Mm-hmm. Right. If you, want, if you want to sell this movie to China, you need to A, have uh, Chinese um, people in there. B, have it, um, have it um, set preferably overseas, you know, like in Asia somewhere. And like C, don't... 
don't have any reference to ghosts or the dead. Yeah, that's the other part. They don't let movies over there that that involve ghosts. No, that's Japan, because that's why we keep remaking all their horror movies. (laughs) For the the Japan people? No, 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 China. China doesn't fuck with ghosts. Yeah. Oh. Or magic. Because you like the ring ring and all that originated in Japan. Yeah, Ringu. They they got something wrong. I don't know. (laughs) Y'all created this? Like, mm-mm. This yeah. is too much. Uh, what was it? Ghostbusters. The new Ghostbusters didn't get released in China because it's about ghosts. Because it's women. Yeah. What? Oh. <laughs> Just sexist. <laughs> but yeah, so and there's that. And also, speaking of Deadpool and R-rated comic book movies, um, this actually comes from the from the news part of Rundown, but we'll do it here instead. So, Kathy Yen was being interviewed at there's like a like an international it's like a american chinese film alliance thing because you know like that money is very important over there and they're trying to build that industry and she talked about how she a woman who has only made one indie film in her one indie feature in her entire life got the job to direct um birds of prey for warner brothers uh in dc based on like the batman universe you know with the uh, black canary the huntress Renee Montoya and Cassandra Cain and Harley Quinn. And they just cast Ian McGregor to play um, the supervillain Black Mask. And she talked about how, and I didn't realize it was this hard, and I should have, but so she had to put together a pitch deck and PowerPoint, and she had to put together a sizzle reel, basically using other people's footage and footage she shot herself on the cheap to sort of kind of show the movie was feel and sound like. Oh, wow. Like, it wasn't just, I sat down, you know, like, you know, they gave it to me because I'm awesome. No, like, apparently in Hollywood, like, you got to do, you know, you got to pitch it like it's a marketing meeting. Uh, and they were at the, let me see if I can get the name of this thing that they were actually at, just for the reference. The U.S.-China Entertainment Summit in Los Angeles is where they were. And she talked about that whole process and how, like, you know, she had to fight for it and she had to compete against all the other people who are up for directing it and she won and she did confirm at this time that it's going to be an r-rated film birds of prey which i guess cool i guess it's a whole also thing of warner brothers going hey disney won't release r-rated movies at all but we're gonna put this one out because you know deadpool and logan made money this is my question um you guys know harley quinn right as a character at least that like, you're familiar with her I'm not. I, no. I haven't seen the movie. Well, Harley Quinn is the Joker's girlfriend is a strong word. She, I know what she looks like. I've yeah, seen the yeah. costumes. <laughs> yeah. Um she's very That's pop- enough. That's that, enough. That's enough. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah, she's 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 yeah. she's uh, the Joker's court like female accomplice basically is a better word. She's like a serial killer, right? Yeah, like she is in love with him. He abuses her. Oh, okay. Yeah. But despite it's all a that, very problematic relationship. A very private relationship. But despite all that, she's a very popular character with young girls because she is like a woman in her 20s herself. And she's very fun and goofy and stuff because they try, they try to write her now like more of an anti-hero rather than just a straight up supervillain. Try to write her where she wants to do the right thing but just doesn't know how to do it the right way. And so she's very popular with teenage girls which raises the question, why are you making this movie a damn R with her as the star of it? Like, it's Harley Quinn. Like, of all the movies they're putting out, like, that's kind of a one I would try to make still a PG-13. 
Like, mm-hmm. yeah, because you want as many young girls to go watch it. Right. You, you don't want them trying to get fake IDs to go see a damn movie. Yeah. Now you're trapped it in this sort of a, this sort of a, you know, this realm of, of like, hey, now I have to either sneak in or, or I just can't watch or I gotta this movie. Ask or I have to pirate this movie. Or I got to ask mama to come with me. And you know, she ain't going to Do they really her. like stop people still today? Yes. Like kids, they I stop. feel like it's nothing but kids who be like working in the movie booth. They they apparently do it more than they used to back in the day. I'm not sure what movie triggered it, uh-huh. but it's one of these horror movies or something like that came. I've been the Matrix movies that came out and it triggered them. The, the sort of theaters they do card you if you look too young to go to a movie and you'll have a parent or a guardian buying the tickets with you. They will stop you. Oh, okay. Um, I think pretty. I think it was the Matrix two and three. But yeah, especially since you remember all these theaters, most of them are owned by major conglomerates too. So, if, you know, my child bought a ticket to I don't know uh, Halloween. Yeah, no, and they yeah, let them a in, movie. And my child had a movie theater years. franchise. I can sue you exactly. A movie theater franchise does not want that smoke. Right, right. Dang, so my mama could have sued when I had nightmares from Chucky. Yes. Well, uh, did she go with you? No, my babysitters took me. How was your babysitter <laughs> at the time? She was a teenager. Was she over at 17? Uh, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. We're trying to figure out what's, what's the statute of limitations. I was not supposed to be seeing it. <laughs> <laughs> I know that much. My you par- could have gotten them ducats. <laughs> my, my parents took me to go see The Witches of Eastwick in 1987. I was five years old. Oh, I didn't see that to my uh, what? Me, my daddy uh, took me to see Nightmare on Elm Street, and I was oh ooh, what? What was I? Eight? At what age? Nine, I think I was wait. No, what? not eight. This was like when did three come out? Three came out in eighty-seven or eighty-eight. Eight, yeah, so I was about eight or nine. Yep. Oh my mm-hmm. god, was he punishing you? <laughs> no, he just I being wait, my daddy. Sometimes, sometimes black parents in America will be like, "Uh huh," and don't ask me to go see this no more. <laughs> Sometimes they just, you know, they won't let you go by yourself and with your little friends, but they'll right. take you because they want to see it. Yeah. Oh. But I yeah. love, I love, I love how you preface it. Sometimes black parents in America. Yeah. <laughs> but although my mama didn't know I went to see Chucky, like oh, she had told me not to go see it, so my babysitter was like, "I'll take you," and I was like, "Yeah, girl." And then see, I had my, my daddy used to always let us watch our movie. month. Oh. Uh-huh. And then and I didn't my daddy know. always let us watch our movies, and, and my mama, my mama wasn't with that shit. But my daddy, you know, he wasn't. I still never forget my dad showed us Soul Food. He would stop the tape and fast forward <laughs> on the blue screen during the sex scenes. <laughs> Listen, I cannot watch TV now with my mama and folks be kissing. I'd be like, uh. <laughs> I can't watch. My mama used to always at the same exact part in Minnesota Society. Ooh, all this cussing. Mama, <laughs> you just seen it like however many 50 million times. All this right. cussing. Right, like in the case of Birds of Prey, like I like the idea with the other characters of it re rated R because they're like not as well known characters from the DC universe who you could they're all and they're all grown. But Harley Quinn has such an appeal to young girls that I'm like, I guess. I mean, I'm sure grown folks will go see it. I'm sure that some of these kids will make their parents take them to go see it when it comes out in two years. But you know, and I don't work. I'm there. not exactly sure, Brandon what these studios are chasing. Like, I don't understand. Well, it makes Deadpool made me, a lot of money. I'm looking at it logically. A, okay, yeah. Deadpool made a lot of money on a very small budget. It cost $50, 000, $50 million to make. It made like four or $500 million. And then Logan was okay. nominated for the Oscar for Best Picture. 
And okay. so they're like, so clearly R-rated comic book movies. And of course, Watch, well, people didn't like Watchmen, so that's not a good example. People like 300, though. But, that's, that's but, but, the, but the demographic, though, that's a thing. We all know the, the largest demographic for, for, um, for Harley Quinn. It's young teenage girls. Right. So you need to market to them. They're, they're, they're the ones who's, who, who like this character the most. You need to figure out how you can get them in seats. I just had a terrible um, thought. They're going to make a PG-13 version of this movie and put it out in the theater like two weeks after the R-rated version come out. But people go right. Okay, you know what? See, I don't want this to start a trend. <laughs> this is about to start a trend, and I am already annoyed at that because you know what? You're absolutely right. People are going to start doing that now. Yep. I think the first. And I hope the actors are like, okay, well, I'm going to need two checks. Double right. I hope Ryan <laughs> yeah. Reynolds put that in his contract. Yeah. Like, I hope y'all know y'all going to pay me a checks, whole please. additional salary. Yeah. Don't be trying to please. add on I a couple thousand. Like, no, what I, I could have been Deadpool. I want to get for the remake. There you go. Because I could have been filming scenes on another movie, but you got me here at 6 a.m. Exactly. Exactly. I think the first time I ever heard this happening was with um, Josie and the Pussycats, the movie. Because it was rated PG-13. Really? There was an R-rated version of that? No, no. It's rated PG-13. At the time, RG Comics had different personnel in charge, and they were appalled that it was rated PG-13. They demanded that, uh, what was it, MGM and Universal recut it to a PG and put it back out in the theater. So you probably can't find it anymore on sale, but there used to be you could buy the PG and the PG-13 version of that movie. Like, they cut out a lot of the swearing and some of the jokes, like in the opening joke where Melody had, Melody's on the side of the road, she has a sign that says, Honk if you love pussy, and it causes a car wreck, but it reveals there's a bush in front of the sign, it said, Honk if you love pussy cats. Yeah. You know, so like <laughs> that is missing from the PG version. Okay, so I I don't remember that scene, which means I saw the P, the PG version. You don't remember that scene? That's one of the first. I didn't see the Josie and the Pussycats in the in the theater. I didn't see it in the theater. Oh, you saw that? Oh, I I I've seen most of those movies when remember because in Dominica you don't have to pay extra for cable. Right. It's all one package. So oh, you saw it on cable. I, yeah, they would have cut that for cable anyway. Yeah. Because that's that's like, you know. So every time so every time a movie would show up in America and it was like one year, the people back home, we weren't we young people in high school, we weren't that pressed because we knew that in a couple of months it's gonna show up on HBO. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Were, y'all were, y'all didn't know y'all that y'all had it in that respect. But so like I wouldn't believe so when I came show- up here and I was like so I know y'all heck? only had one theater <laughs> on the island. Y'all still only have one theater, right? Or is two there theaters. Two theaters. Did they show R-rated films in Dominica? So this is a different country. Yes. Like, do, do they re-rate them? Do y'all use the British rating system instead? How does that nope. work? We use we use y'all's rating system. Okay. We don't. Yeah, we don't. Um, you know, there was no big. There was never any. Um, uh, how do you say? There big was never any ratings. Yeah, there's never any it's it's it was mostly to the discretion of the parents, okay. right? So for example, um I saw the first movie I ever saw in the theater was Jurassic Park, the original. Mm. Right? And um I saw it in theaters, you know, um granted I was a bit freaked out by the 
the T-Rex, but not like crazy. But my mother, she when we were in the movie, she kind of regretted it, I could tell. Uh. But, you know, again, she probably didn't see the trailer. She probably just saw a small clip of just how, you know, dinosaurs can be so beautiful. They're so majestic. It's a big zoo. You know, so she just thought, hey, I'm going to take it to see this movie. When really and truly, you got dinosaurs eating people. Yeah. And that was, that <laughs> was a routine. Yeah, but it's all through the discretion of of yeah. parents, at least on, in my country. They showed a so. Matrix movies down there. Yes, they showed every movie that you could think of down there. Yep, the Devil's Advocate. There was no movie that I think. <laughs> so, so there are some. The Devil's Advocate. There are some movies that I don't think would have worked, and I like would have worked right because it would not it would not behoove the theater to to market or to put these movies out because um the movie theater that we went to it, it was only at the time it was so small it just it was just one screen right right so you you probably would get more you'd probably catch more people to, like for disney's tarzan or a disney movie than trying to show something like um nightmare on elm street or or the ring. Well, I, also because y'all are super religious down there, like I would imagine, like the ring and the devil's advocate and Freddy exactly. Krueger would play as yeah. well. So, for example, like devil. last year, yeah. So last year that movie, The Witch, yeah, that would have never, that would have never hit theaters. Oh Lord, I yeah. saw that with Joshua. Today's Joshua. There would have been a there would have been a campaign of of church of 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 evangelical church mothers outside of the you uh, know the, the church the, mothers for the devil. No, Church Mothers yeah. for Jesus. No, they, would, stop that no, they would be campaigning against it. Have y'all seen yeah. The Witch, Carolyn Latria? No. no, I haven't. No. That I, movie. Well, no. I, I, I can I can only do certain scary movies. Yeah. And I already, that's not, I can't see yeah. that nun movie. Like, no, no. I can't do anything with like possession. I can't do that. Yeah, I have, like I told you about Sabrina. I can't, the, the black, the blackness in me won't let me see stuff that just got too much devil. Yeah. Just, just, but see, just Sabrina t- is like kind of watered down though to me. Yeah. Well, after like Brandon Carolyn... told me that they had church mothers of the devil, uh uh-uh, uh, and then had the, the devil oh. with some hooves and some fur, uh uh-uh, uh. <laughs> Brandon, 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 see, you would, he, Brandon, like, why, why you like this, Brandon? <laughs> <laughs> don't, let's go, listen, go, don't, go, don't, please. don't have Carolyn fucked up, Brandon. What is no, wrong when, with you? When the devil was, was, uh, 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 Chino in the devil's advocate, that's one thing. But the devil being a, with some hooves and some fur, I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I, can I can watch it. Anybody can watch it because I am a complete scary cat. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, could, be, I be thinking that, you, you know, when you raised in a black church for so long, you, you would be, hey, you don't mess with that stuff. You, well, it's going to get you. Mm-hmm. What I was going to say is that the witch... Take Sabrina and triple the amount of sat- sat- satanic content you get. No, nope, absolutely no. Nope. <laughs> I was in the theater shook. No, nope, no. Nope. I couldn't believe Brandon actually went to see this movie. Joshua took I me. I the last Joshua. person. He'll tell you. I was. I was sitting there. I, I was reciting the lyrics to "Going Up Yonder." <laughs> during the wait, last tip wait, did you know that that's what you were going to in your life? I knew that's what I was going to see but I didn't know that it was going to go that far <laughs> that's like when I close my eyes and I see Pennywise from it I just say Jesus, Jesus. <laughs> no, just to bring Jesus back into my into my area it's Jesus 
I didn't do the original or the remake. No. I saw the original. I might see the remake at some point, but the original. I saw the original was, one. The original Listen, yeah, I the original was already crazy. Uh, Ryan Murphy's um, freak show because mm-hmm. I was like, you know. Let me tell you, last week when we recorded the C Dub Show episode for Halloween, I had to pray. I had to put a Bible under my pillow <laughs> after I, after I didn't, uh, sat there and queued up Candyman and Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, I couldn't no. sleep. Oh, no. I couldn't sleep. Not a double feature. And you trying to, you trying to invite him in. Yeah. Now, I survived, <laughs> I survived through Count, uh, Count uh, Dracula anointing, you know, Mama Walde as Blackula. I survived that incantation. Well, I mean, Blackula's just silly. <laughs> and then I and then I survived JD's revenge. You know, you you possessed by a pimp and going around slapping bitches. I survived that, <laughs> but I couldn't. Mm. I didn't make it almost through Candyman and 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 Freddy Krueger telling how my welcome to prime time, bitch. I was, almost didn't make it. So <laughs> I go back and watch. <sighs> you really put yourself through it, Carolyn. <laughs> I did. I, Stressed out. I got one more question for me. You were really Carolyn. testing your faith. I, I got one question for you, Carolyn. <laughs> have you ever seen Wes Craven's new nightmare? Of course I have. I've seen all I've seen all the nightmares. Now, that don't, shit. Don't, don't get confused by me being scared, meaning I have watched all of these movies right. and I watch them again. That's the one that fucked me up. Yes. Because that's the one where it's like he's it's not uh it's not a movie. He coming out the movie. Well shit, right. he's gonna come out this movie too. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And then she went, she went, she found that portal under the bed. She slide down the cheeks into hell. I'm like, yeah, have girl. A girl, turn around. And then when he killed the one girl, just like he killed that girl in the first movie. Oh, and then, and then, okay, so you know, in the church, they say that little kids can see, you know, spirits and grown people can't mm-hmm. see it. So when the little boy was seeing Freddy and then the girl couldn't see it, Jesus, 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 <laughs> I'm just, I'm just but I've seen it multiple times, though. I can't stop watching. Oh, Lord. All right. So let's go ahead and talk about Rebel Wilson. Oh, God. <laughs> All right. So for our Say Something Nice challenge, we're going to be talking about <sighs> something that started where I thought it was started cool, but then, you know, like it just fell apart very quickly over the course of the weekend. So. What day was it they actually posted the trailer? Was it Thursday? Or was it Friday? But one of them days, uh, they, um, Warner Brothers posted the trailer for Rebel Wilson's upcoming rom-com parody called Isn't It Romantic? Which is a new line cinema movie that comes out in on February, um, Valentine's Day next year. So basically the plot of the movie is that Rebel Wilson is like this you know, woman who she sort of kind of idolizes romantic comedies as a child at least when she comes to the adult she's more jaded about them because you know of course they aren't real you know like they basically you know like if they're soft and fluffy everything happens and the girl obviously is the guy in the end and you know it's a lot of hooey i guess so she's on the subway and she gets uh mugged by a dude in this in like the resulting scuffle she falls and hits her head but when she wakes up she finds that she's been magically transported into the world of a romantic comedy. Like, she's in a doctor's office that looks more like a, a spa. She lives in a gigantic apartment with all the clothes and shoes that she could ever possibly want. All of them. And people are, people start breaking down the song rambling in the street as she's going to work. She's like, I'm stuck in a bleep, bleep, bleep. 
rom- romantic comedy, and it's PG-13. Because <laughs> you can't cuss. <laughs> And the trailer is actually funny. It plays into every trope of the rom com. Right. Like Liam um, Hemsworth is in it as the um, as the love interest, and I said it was Adam Devine. Uh, Priyanka Chopra is like I guess like the um, the girl she's up against, and they have oh my god, they got Priyanka Chopra. In this. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they have like Dolly in any Dolly. other world, I would be like, yes, I want to see this. This is cute, funny. Like I don't have to think too much, right? She ruined it. And Brenda Scott Jones is playing like her gay best friend. She's like, he's setting gay rights back a hundred years. <laughs> it's playing to every trope of like even when supposed to be the sex scene, you don't ever see it because you can't show sex in a rom com, so it just cuts. <laughs> She's like, I think you just cut from yesterday last night to this morning. <laughs> and it looks like you know because like I, Amy Schumer apparently made a picture this year called "Isn't It Pretty," where she hits her head. And thinks that she's like beautiful, I guess, or whatever, more so than she was before. And people are saying it's similar. I mean, it's similar, but the whole like taking it even further into fantasy makes this idea work a little bit better to me. And so I was like, you know, I think I might see this. And the trailer had Whitney Houston saying, "I want to dance with somebody." I'm like, this this will work. Then the bullshit started. Rebel Wilson went on the Ellen DeGeneres show. This had to be Friday. And she basically talked about how she was the first plus size woman to ever star in a romantic comedy in Hollywood. And then the whiteness takes over. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> right, it erupted. And pe- people uh. would say that it, it's not—it's not just the black girls, but but like you know, there've been like I guess Ricky Lake and uh, people have made rom coms back in the eighties and nineties. But uh, when you talk about like stars, big stars, like the obvious name that comes up should be Queen Latifah because Queen Latifah starred in at least two of them, two obvious. These are typical Hollywood studio rom coms. Last Holiday like two thousand six and yeah. Just mm-hmm. Right in two thousand and was it nine or ten? I think it was ten. One of them. I can't remember. I'm gonna see up right. It's Sounds not, right. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> I just remember that Braley Evans was also in it, and she was promoting the movie on the Fossil Radio Show. Yes, she was. You said Just Right, two thousand ten. Yeah. yeah. And so people were like, uh, "Rebel, you know." Uh, sis, we love you, but you ain't the first um, plus-size woman to star one of these pictures. Queen Latifah did it. Then she went into the whole thing about, well, actually, we have to mm. decide, uh, first of all, what these women were plus-size at the time, and second of all, what are they, movies they were in were actually rom-coms. Wait, I missed that part where he said, was she plus-size at the time? You yes, that was, that was where the yeah, bullshit oh, yeah. started. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> People were like, um, Queen Latifah Maybe yeah, she has lost weight over the years and stuff. She had to have a breast reduction, like back in the two thousands, for her health. But she's still considered plus size. She's never been like a size four or a six. She's always been a. And she never would be right. Even even when she was at her smallest, she was still a thick girl. So rebel, shut up, shut up. (laughs) And so people pointed this out, and it started like she started this Twitter war that she. Didn't think she was going to be in, so she she didn't know how to handle it. She didn't know, girl. This is the part where um you you tap out, you hand over your phone to your agent or your social media manager, and you go watch uh Last Holiday or well watch Just Right. Last Holiday is not that good. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I mean it's a standard rom com, which to me is not necessarily good, but if you know it's good to watch while you're sitting and eating and yeah, and fantasizing. I'm like, I want to go. What was she in? Yeah. 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 That's why I like it. And they had the stunt double skiing for it, and they cut to the green screen with her, like, (laughs) 
definitely a green screen. It was still pretty, and I want to go. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> but yeah, but no, nah, she kept. She thought she was gonna uh, uh, truck through this one, and she started blocking people when they started to turn to a mess. And then, um, wait, she blocked black people and people of color. Yes, yeah, she did mm-hmm. specifically. Yeah. You know who she didn't block though. She didn't block Monique. Right. So Carolyn <laughs> is going to read for us. Uh, she's going to do a dramatic reading of Monique and Rebel Wilson's uh, Twitter discussion. <laughs> <clears throat> hey, my sweet sister. Let's please not allow this business to erase our talent with giving gray areas and technicalities. Take a moment and know the history. Don't be a part of erasing it. I wish you the best. And to which Rebel Wilson replied, now, I'm, I don't know, my British accent is not so good, but I'm going to try. She Australian. Here, Mo- Here Monique. Oh, Australia. <laughs> <laughs> it was never my intention to erase anyone else's achievements. And I adore you and Queen Latifah so much. I support all us plus size ladies and everything positive we are doing together. Shut up! <laughs> no. And <laughs> scene. Right. It should be pointed out that does this this discussion took place Saturday afternoon, uh, between Friday night and Saturday morning. Like it, she was doing the absolute most. Mm-hmm. She was white womaning. Oh yeah, yeah, you know, which is like a different version of white splaining. Like it's like its own like like sphere in the white splaining culture right. because she feels that because she's a white woman, she can't possibly be wrong because she's she's also oppressed, so she must have it right. No, you didn't. And also probably because she's like, you know, she wasn't born here. So it's kind of like, oh, I didn't know. No, girl. And you you, you write about that, Latria, because before she came here, she didn't uh, learn about none of the movies that was in the same, you know, American comedies that she's playing in now. So she did. This somebody who else was like that? I forgot. Oh, that's when they the conversation that they had about. Awesomely Luby about how yeah. you know, she doesn't always get it right when it comes to classic, you know, black Right, right. But this is like, okay, I get if you if you really didn't like maybe she didn't, maybe she never saw just right heard of it or last holiday. But when people point out, like, oh hey girl, like you know, Ricky Lake did Mrs. Winterborn, mm-hmm. she was in hairspray, Queen Latifah did this, instead of being like, Oh, well, no, like just sit back leave. Take it read go on your computer or phone go to google and like let me look this up and see if they're actually telling the truth oh they are my bad yeah I was but gonna... don't like just discount their contributions and what they did and be like oh no i don't think those were tip or actual rom-coms like girl who are you i was gonna talk chalk it up to millennials not not researching their past but i looked it up she's older than all of us how old is, is she, she? How old is she she's 38 She's not older than me. (laughs) (laughs) You still a little wet behind the ears. (laughs) Even still, like, like her, like how she kept going on, it just made it, it was making it so much Much worse. And even her little BS response to Monique, like I had, I think I just read that this morning and I was like, oh, girl. Yeah. So this, this is the challenge. Uh, You are Queen Latifah. You're at home. This is not a public statement you need to make. Uh, when you turn to Ebony Nichols, as y'all are having breakfast, <laughs> and you read the paper, because you hadn't heard about none of this, you had shit to do. And do you open up your like your Facebook or whatever, and you see this on the on the front page. What do you tell Ebony? I'm gonna start who should I start with? Who wanna go first? How about that? 
I need to think. Oh, uh, <laughs> I'll pick on Ali. Ali. Ali, let Ali go first. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, you're saying you're saying what 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 she would what you would what you she say, would say in Ebony? private about this in private? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'll go. I'll go. Okay, yeah. Give us an example, because <laughs> so I'm, I'm sitting here. <coughs> if this bitch don't get the fuck, I did not sit there in front of that green screen for two whole weeks pretending to ski. <laughs> not to know I made this damn movie, <laughs> and also playing basketball, pretending I didn't know how to play basketball because Carl didn't know how to play basketball. <laughs> so I had to look worse than I wow. was in order to be in these damn movies with all this soft light wow. and goddamn sprinkly piano music. <laughs> the fuck. <laughs> Okay, I got one. <laughs> it's probably not as good as yours, but I'll go. I gotta have sound effect though. Hold on. Oh lord! Wait a minute. I don't even know if that's gonna work. Dang! I need an envelope. Okay, ready? Mm-hmm. Can you hear it? She said, "What? Uh, let me open my mini royalty checks for my uh, album, <laughs> TV show." <laughs> Other movies right. that I've had. Uh, let me call Lee Daniels. What time we go to set tomorrow? For, uh, for Star? I don't have time. I'm cashing checks. I'm on television every week. And every Friday is a marathon now on TV One. So, girl, like, like right, right, exactly, not exactly. Not. not a single lie. We are still singing U N I T Y every summer. Every summer. <laughs> <laughs> okay, All right. I think that let me see. Wait, hold on. Let me go into character. If this old Australian outback steakhouse looking mofo don't get the fuck off my Facebook feed. God Jesus did not die on the cross for this. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus did not die on the cross for this woman to act like I ain't made all these movies. Everybody else seen the movies. Where the fuck was you at? <laughs> oh, you was in Australia and Outback. I don't have time. I gotta raise this baby. I'm done. <laughs> Listen, they got a baby? <laughs> oh, they, oh, oh, they, they expected one. I forgot. Y'all still yes, they're expecting a baby. Expect yeah. Oh, yeah. Great. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Ali. So I imagine I'm gonna set the scene. Okay. So Queen Latifah, it's it's the morning, right? That it's it's the morning um after all this went down, or at least mid-afternoon when Queen Latifah was taking a nap in her huge ass bed with satin sheets. <laughs> and um she gets a she gets a notification on her phone. <laughs> it's a it's a text message. It's Eric Alexander. <laughs> <laughs> Eric Alexander. Ooh, girl. <laughs> Look at this. <laughs> Queen Latifah taps on the link and sees what a transcript of what Rebel Wilson said. And it's like, this bitch. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, um, the person who is snoozing next to her in her bed says, baby, who is that? And then Queen Latifah says, nothing, nothing. No one. And seen. <laughs> Yeah, so that that's how that should go. <laughs> All right. All right. Anything else at all, y'all? 
Okay. Well, everybody, thank you guys so much for listening to our show. If you like what you heard, you can find more at SSNpodcast.com. And always remember, you can find the Say Something Nice podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Acast, TuneIn, and wherever else great podcasts can be found. Please go to iTunes and to Stitcher. Leave us five-star reviews. That really help us out to get the show seen by more people. If you would like to leave us an email, you can do so by writing to podcast at SSNpodcast.com. And you can find us on all social media under the handle at SSN Podcast. This has been the Say Something Nice Podcast. I am Brandon. Latria, sorry. Latria. Right. This has been Brandon with Latria. Hello. And Ali. Yo. And I'm just going to be Ken this week. Okay. (laughs) See y'all next time. (laughs) Bye. And we talked about Sabrina last week. I know Ken saw Sabrina too, but he couldn't make it last week. Do you have anything you want to say about Sabrina at all, Ken? Uh, hmm. Except that I was thoroughly surprised how good it was and that I binged watched it in two days. Me too. Um, I'm, did you do half and half? Yeah, I did. It, mm-hmm. it, was, I, it, was, it was weird. I just had to like tear myself away from watching it to finish stuff I knew I had to do over the last weekend. <laughs> right. Like, which, meant, which actually put me behind because I had to do all that stuff I didn't do last weekend this week. Uh. <laughs> um, did y'all talk about how the real villain of uh, the show was her white um, feminism? Yes, she did. Her white yes. privilege. White privilege. <laughs> like all white, like most white feminists. Yeah, she's like... <laughs> change for me because i'm different oh my god i'm telling you episode eight i was done with her <laughs> After, i was i was like i was like yes girl power shut these men down by the time we got to episode eight i said okay girl you feeling yourself way too much you can't and do I, that i started to get annoyed <laughs> i mean yes like, i can <laughs> doing too much too much and not enough at the same damn time that's my raggedy old harvey <laughs> girl <laughs> I'm like, I haven't he seen it. He ain't even fine. You got an old Latin poppy up there at the evil school. Like, come on. Wow. Oh, wait, but no, you he, know the, no, he's Asian. He's right? Asian. He's Asian, baby. We called him on the Harvey, Harvey is Harvey is boring. He's right. mad. He, he doesn't have any prospect <laughs> as to what he wants to do with his life. He oh. just he he buckles under pressure from his father. And he's he, the guy is simple. <laughs> you know? Like, That's why she likes her. Her I, life is I, complex I, and crazy. She needs some balance, right? Yes. That's why she likes hard. Meanwhile, you have you have at the school you have Asian Bay who is doing extracurricular activities because he's got like what, like what? goals and shit. Right. What? Although that that orgy might have thrown her off though. Him. Yeah. Um, so, okay. so slight spoiler. He's also a freak, which is something you probably don't <laughs> wow. like. To. Wow. Wow. Slight wow. Spo- Ali, tell us how you really yeah. Slight spoiler discussion, though, really quickly. Uh, if you listen and haven't seen Sabrina, fast forward about two minutes. Oh, so his, yeah, his, sorry. Yeah, his, no, 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 no. Just from this point, everything else is fine to this point. I need to have a discussion, a spoiler discussion right now. His name is Nick Scratch, right? Yeah, scratch that itch, girl. Scratch it. But, 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 but y'all, you know where the name you Scratch do. comes you from. You better do it. It's a it's a, a it's a pseudonym for the devil. What is scratch? Yeah, old scratch. It's the name for the devil. 
there's a theory going around that Nick that Nick might be a ver- like a, like the devil in in person. Oh, and trying I'll to seduce her. To oh, her. yeah, like a proxy. He has, yeah, he has been egging her on. Yeah. That changes things. Okay. <laughs> so I'm curious know. about that. That and while we're in while we're in Magic Sporto Land, Kendrick the foot, the hoof. <laughs> I beg forgiveness and I kiss you. You know they have feet. a bunch. Of, I went on Stop Jiffy that, or that's why I can't be on the CW. <laughs> but did you notice how after Zelda started getting herself some dick, she was over Sabrina? <laughs> Oh, yes, she was. She was like, you know what? She I was wasn't. Gonna, as, I was. Gonna, yeah. I was going to fix this, but since you've grown, <laughs> you be. I'm going to let you be grown. She. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm sorry. Was, it, she just she, gave me the black mama. She wasn't as wound up. She, yeah, she wasn't. She gave me got the, that back broke. Right. She gave me Literally, that like black that mama. Cat tail. Oh. I'm not, you ain't my mama. Listen, you ain't my daddy. When, <laughs> well, well, little bitch, you be grown then. <laughs> go, go on and be great then. With your laughter, though. <laughs> but look, but look, Hilda did the same thing to Zelda when she was when she at the in the very last episode. Hilda was like, oh, "Yeah, when she brought home the child." <laughs> I'm moving oh, out. I'm, out. I'm done. This baby, so. Yeah, I am completely. I mean, oh, yeah. Zelda. Just, yeah, I mean, when you, when Zelda just when showing Zelda up with told, somebody else's baby, like this is a uh, uh, Ozark. <laughs> right, like a, like as if it's like a like a like a pet, like a puppy. Like, hey, we got a new puppy. What? Like that's so how, a whole person. How nobody gonna notice. You just got this black baby in your house. <laughs> Mama, who my mama is? It ain't you. I can see. <laughs> it's one of Ambrose's. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's what they're wow. gonna do. You oh. know, you know he's Polly. Yeah. No, not Polly. What is it? Uh, uh, uh no, not uh, Pan. Pan, pansexual. Yeah. Also, really quickly before we go back to cousin Ambrose Kendrick being in the show was awesome because I was like. That was one Sabrina character I thought they had gotten rid of for good in the comics and in because he wasn't in that sitcom. Mm-hmm. But I was like, when I mean, they announced he was going to be in the show, I was like, oh, he'll be in like two episodes. He was a main character. I was like, yes. <laughs> and about the only voice of reason, he, he kept yeah. trying his best to get through the Sabrina. Yep. I, he was really like the, the mm, yeah. <sighs> the, or he really wasn't. He, was he, well, I guess he was the older cousin. He is the older cousin. He's yeah. 91. No, but, she's 16. Yeah, but <laughs> well, technically he's 2100 or something. Shit right no, he's 91. That's I mean, ni- oh, 91. I thought yeah. you said 21. Something. Oh, he's 91. But um, yeah, Sabrina just, she's a know-it-all and this and that. Because, and, I mean, you, like I said, I love that she became her own worst enemy because you didn't want the character to be a Pollyanna, of course. Right. But you know, even though she was pissing me off at those last few episodes, it's like, Ooh, wasn't she? I mean, when they came to that point with the um, that rich the feast, um, the thing, feast of feasts, yeah, uh, and she was just like, I, there's no way that Zelda's gonna not like, uh, blah 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 blah. So I'm just gonna go in there and pretend like, oh, I, I, I pretend I, like I'm gonna I'm sacrifice privi- myself. I'm going to be um, Candace Everdeen up in this bitch. Yeah. I volunteer as tribute, and Zelda was just like. You know what? You gonna try me in front of yeah, all these sure. people? <laughs> yeah. Again. Okay. Go ahead and die, bitch. Little bitch. Ken, what did you think about Prudence? 
I mean, uh, what, what can I say about prudence that y'all haven't already said? Prudence is everything. <laughs> but what, have you read the stuff about the think pieces being mad about her character? No. What are they? What are they saying? Uh, I mean, well, she's black. She's playing yeah. a anti-hero who's a little bit right. you know, mischievous and stuff. And like... And one was complained about the fact that, you know, in the herring episode where she hangs, tries to hang Sabrina, and then, like, the children, like, force choke her under a hanging tree. They thought that was too close to the actual hanging, that it evoked, you know, slavery and stuff like that and lynching. Okay. They also complained about the fact that one one thing piece I didn't even bother to read, the headline, the subheadline said, a black woman does not exist as a stepping stone to a white woman's quest for power. But I was like, everybody in this program is stepping stone to a white woman's quest for power. Right. <laughs> I mean, I see their complaints, but to me, that sounds like I'm just trying to get clicks, and I'm trying, and I'm trying yeah. my exactly. I mean, this did, is everything. I mean, did, were there any think pieces about her being half Korean and how Asian women are used for the same tropes and ways? No. Okay, then you're then if you didn't even mention the fact that she's half Korean, that means you didn't even do a lot of your research on this to make to make a dragon lady reference, which would have actually strengthened your argument. You were just looking for something to say. I see completely what you're saying, but at the same time, uh, I mean, which women were hung, right? So that's where it comes from. She tried to right. Sabrina. So I mean, there's 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 a line, but the, uh, I felt the character was used generally well. You're always going to have something that's like that's going to grind your gears a little bit. I mean, it's just going to make you like, hmm, you know, but you have to know the, you know, if as a reasonable person, you're supposed to be able to say, hey, this what, okay, I get that, but this little thing, I can, you know, I can live with that, blah, 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 but not make a big deal out of this one thing happened, blah, 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 like overall, when Prudence was treated well as a character, a yeah. strong person, especially in that Feast episode. Yeah, especially episode seven, oh, yeah, Sebastian, about her. Yeah. yeah. And she, she's and she, very well-rounded. Yes. It's like, you know, it's not that. This it's like this is the culture I grew up in, but you know X Y and Z blah 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 blah. Um, so I, I I just can't I just don't see it. I see people just trying to get clicks. Right. Um, okay. Is there anything else we're going to say? Um, you have any other show? You you got a list of shows? No, that, I I went through my list already. Um, you guys saw. The only thing I, I don't like about those things when they tell people that is sometimes they actually displace a lot of homeless people. So, for example, sometimes they film downtown in that area. And sometimes I would pass by in the morning and I would see there'll be big signs that say, you know, um, construction or there'll be this road will be like um, there'll be a, a detour off of this road between the hours of blah, 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 blah. And you just know that there's going to be filming something. But because a lot of homeless people um, usually use the over you know, the underpass, um, they basically just took all of their stuff and they just moved. Like they just, it was suddenly an underpass that was completely empty. And I've never seen that before. And then when I passed by, when I was leaving work in the evening, I saw that they had replaced it with a bunch of um, film equipment. And then there was a, they put a prop, which was an um, overturned car on fire. Oh, wow. So, yeah, it's just, and I hope that means that they, I hope they had the sense to A, perhaps provide some meals for the homeless people that were there to start off with. And no, probably that's against the law. You can't them. do that, remember? Oh, you can't offer them you food? You can't feed homeless. Yeah, it's against the law. Which is You stupid. can't offer homeless people food? No, no. It is against the law. I had no idea. Yeah, it was a big thing, so like, they, maybe about a year or two ago. And I was like, that's so, that is so stupid. It's it's something about, like, not allowed to like a kind of, like, I guess, 
Like, say you give them something and it makes them sick or something. But I'm like, well, hell, they ate all day. Of course their stomach going to be upset. Well, I heard something different. What? It, can, can they hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Yes. Okay. Hear you. What I heard was, um, it was about, like, I mean, and this may not be it. There's probably, because I, I haven't researched, but I remember Kasim Reed went on the radio and he was talking about one of the problems is, um, basically, it's... Um, People complaining in these neighborhoods where the people are feeding the homeless. We're going to be like, let's say you had an organization that had a mission to, hey, we're going to go out and feed the homeless, right? And anybody right. can do that. But the thing is, they would feed the homeless and then the homeless are going to, there's trash left behind that nobody cleans up. Or there's uh. a, there's, there's, you, you have people congregating, making noise. You have different things that might happen in effect because people are feeding the homeless. And the thing is, most pe- most people would say, okay, this is just a byproduct of doing a good, you know, goodwill, blah, 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 X, Y, and Z. Whereas if I'm in a certain community where I, where I just don't like seeing homeless people congregating because I'm worried they're going to bug me or do X, Y, and Z or break into my home when they're all they're trying to do is get fed. Right. Well, I might complain about that and I might try mm-hmm. to get something passed where, hey, you can't feed the homeless because this is a problem for me and my people, you know, exactly. the, in me and my home. So, uh, I mean, I get it because of... This is, this is very upsetting for me. I'm sorry. That's... Oh, I, I get it 100%. Yeah. And it's it's yeah. a bit of a, the, the like, I'm, pr- I'm definitely against, um, like, you know, people not feeding homeless, you know, I mean... I'm, I'm sorry, I'm definitely in favor of, you know, doing goodwill and humanity, even if it makes you feel uncomfortable. But right. I can empath- I can also empathize with the other side, whereas, like, I remember when people um, who lived in con- condos by, you guys remember the Pine Street um, shelter? Oh, yeah, the, uh-huh, right across from Emory. Yeah, so a lot of people in that neighborhood, like, you had homeless people congregate- congregating They're around. They're still there, though. They're still there because maybe that's not as in big of a number, but I I still see them like they're still out there. Yeah, they're still out there. But people would complain about you know the homeless people being out there, and that probably also contributes to their property values. Now that I think about it, so you paying mm-hmm. this high ass midtown rent. Wow. That's true. Yeah, and your property values are down because you got you know homeless people around. But at the same time, I'm just kind of like, uh, you know, I mean. It's just something you kind of have to deal with, even though it can get on your nerves. It also reminds me of a Law and Order episode. Wow. Um, I can't remember exactly what happened or how, but they were basically somebody tried to kill a homeless person because they tried to do everything in their power to like to get them to leave because they were basically harassing kind of the community in a way. Mm-hmm. But they couldn't. So here's this guy who tries to kill them, and then they go to jail because they tried to kill somebody, and the homeless person's still back out on the street chilling. Oh, hello. <laughs> Oh Jesus! Can you say something right quick? Mm-hmm. Yes. Talking to the microphone. Me? Yeah, you. Okay, I'm talking into the mic. Y'all can hear him still. Yeah, I can hear. Okay. Yes, we can. Yay! But yeah, sorry to rain on your parade, Ali. If you get caught so having sandwiches, see, wait, you may or may not work. be arrested. I mean, I don't. You, so if I see them, so if I see homeless people underneath the overpass, if they ask me for food, I can't give them anything. You better slip it to them like it's drugs. Right. You better let Pomo see you. <laughs> That's fucked up. That's funny. It's, That's fucked up. It's a transaction. Oh, you're white. Yo, but you're a black man. So, mm. right. They probably might really think it's drugs. Yeah. All right. Let's go ahead and jump back into wow. it. Where's I'm mine? just trying to give them some smarties. <laughs> All right. That's crazy. All right. Mm-hmm. You, know about Roy, you, about no, you know about Roy Hargrove? 
I, I I heard he died. I don't know much about him. Yeah. Uh, somebody told me that if you listen to like a certain song on Erica Badu's album, like you know Roy Hargrove. Okay. Yeah, he passed away this week, so rest in peace to him. At the age of 49, which is way too young. Like, I know we didn't do rest in peace for a while, because like, uh, Nazasuke Shanja, uh, I don't pronounce that correctly, but the lady who wrote for Colored Girl, she passed away last week. Uh, she was, I think she was 70. And then um, a couple of, about, I think a month ago at this point, Will Vincent passed away. He was the man who basically like defined um, stop motion animation for a while. He did the California Raisins and stuff like that. Hmm. And that um, part of Moonwalker, the speed demon part, he did. Yeah.